Today's episode of Slot Shop Podcast is brought to you by Prilosec OTC. What's your definition of freedom? Does it involve buffalo wings and pitchers when, where, and in whatever quantity you wish? Here at the Slot Shop Podcast, it sure does. Don't let heartburn limit your freedom. Take back your diet decisions. Take back your freedom with one simple Prilosec OTC tab a day. Don't risk it with immediate relief, responsive alternatives to heartburn. Get on the program with One A Day Prilosec, available over-the-counter at your local pharmacy. Welcome back to Slot Shot Podcast, a hockey podcast. We're in studio for another exciting week, a uh, uh, greasy week, as some have been uh, referring to it. It was a, it was a uh, an eventful weekend in the National Hockey League, and and we are uh, we are excited to cover it here on our uh, always weekly podcast here at Slot Shot Podcast. Boys, as we check in always with the co-hosts, Alex on my uh, on my right, Ross on my left. Alex, you're fucking around with your mic or your headphones. So, Ross, how are you? I'm fired up, boys. Happy to be here. Um, yeah, what a week, right? Uh, schedule's really ramping up. Um, NHL is going to be going full bore ahead. It's that time of year. So, you know, Christmas parties and end of year, Q4, blah, blah, blah. But the National League's going to keep pushing on. And uh, we're going to have a lot to talk about, uh, probably pretty much nonstop from here through um, you know, right up through just about the end of January, early February. All star um, break in six, seven weeks. Termite preview show in seven weeks. That's right. I got six do weeks, my homework whatever on that. it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, no, boys, uh, fired up, and uh, we got a lot to cover. So I'll, I'll spare you the gory details of my regular yeah. bullshit. Yeah. Alex, how are you? I'm doing well. My crack jersey came in. If you're watching on YouTube or something, you'll Ooh. see. Pretty excited about that. Missed the the first. It's UPS, and my buzzer doesn't work for my apartment. So the first day I missed it, I was pretty upset about that one. Did you go to the distribution center? No. They came back the second day, but I ended up spending half the day perching out my window, <laughs> waiting for the UPS truck, because if I didn't see it, I was going to get it. It's not so, a very productive work day. That is a pretty sweater, though. It yeah, it was worth it. You know, the day of looking out. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. Uh, but, yeah, I did have to sit there peeping out on the street and i saw one ups truck coming down the street not the right one um so yeah not eventful yesterday for me but everybody everybody can see this 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 beautiful kraken winter classic outfit um love love what they did with the tarps i mean they they took a brand new thing and they found a way to make it cool and retro and it really does look like a jersey from like the 1910s but who's on the back army our listeners can't see that i'll give a quick turnaround the can't big reveal Trying to keep my headphones in. Yep. Just a key pillar <laughs> to any termite lineup. Brandon Tanev on the back. Um, just couldn't be happier about the tarp choice. I mean, Tanev is a he's a bread and butter slot shot guy. Yep. So yep. Um, that's a, just he'll awesome. Be a first ballot termite. That's just awesome. Yeah. No, I love it. I love it had it. to be done. I mean, especially on Seattle, it's not like I'm I'm taking a, a star player or Grubauer, which was the only jersey available for a while. <laughs> Hack move, <laughs> hack move, going star players or goalies. No, you look at the two jerseys. Like I, I think Vegas is personally is kind of ugly. I don't know how it's you guys. Uh, we'll put, we might have to put up a graphic on on the on the video pod, but uh, uh, no, I think Seattle knocked it out of the park. Or the NHL and Adidas and Fanatics, whoever had the designs on it, they knocked it out of the park for the Kraken, and it looked good. Looked good in the new uh, Winter Classic jersey to debut here on January first 
as the Kraken take on the Vegas Golden Knights for this year's Winter Classic. Um, in terms of the lead-up, and lead-up to Christmas, we will see a, a roster freeze in terms of, of transactions, in terms of trades here in the next week or so. Uh, but the national continues on. There has been a few trades. There have been some hits. There has been some some fun goals. Some fun. Uh, we had uh, the the number one and two draft pick uh, face each other last week. We've had uh, uh, Patty Kane. You know, finally registered his first win as a Detroit Red Wing. We're not going to dig too deep into that right this second. But in terms of what's on the uh, the docket for tonight, we've got some injuries, a little bit of player safety. Edmonton, a little check back in with the red surging hot Oilers as McJesus has them rolling. What's going on in Tampa? What's going on in Pittsburgh? It's it's historically bad in, in both places. And uh, the always reoccurring loose change, termite of the week, and Saturday picks. A fun one for the boys tonight. Excited to dive right into it. Let's start with the big one and, uh, and and more pressing for Alex. I know he's in the Kraken jersey, but he is a Red Wings fan. Unfortunately, uh, the other night after a, uh, a tough battle and a tough loss to Ross's uh, favorites this season, the Sens, his little uh, his, his pick behind the Bruins. Um, I'm, I'm kidding, but you've, you've pledged allegiance to the Sens. I'm take committed to the Sens. Yeah. Right? So yeah. it's not like they're my team. It's like... My take is that they're going to be a playoff team. Yep. It's, yep. So it's on not life support, but it's heading there pretty it, quick. And this was a fun little Saturday pick game as well, and it, it got heated. This is a rivalry that we've seen uh, intensify over the years, as Detroit's been obviously in this. Uh, they're in the same division, and uh, they're seeing each other much more this year. Uh, but uh, unfortunately, digging for a puck in front of the net, Dylan Larkin collides with uh, I think it was Ryan. And um, it's Matthew Joseph. Matthew Joseph and no, but it was a two little combo that I think. Yeah, but it's Matthew Joseph that starts this. Um, he so, bumps into somebody arm, else. Arm, arm, arm. Walk us through it, because we've we've all seen it, Jack, but we haven't seen it like in red, like Red, Wings, red Wings blogs colors. about it quite quite the yeah, same way. Well, we're gonna hear it. Well, so so what happens? Larkin's in front of the net. There's kind of a puck in the area somewhere, um, not on Larkin or anything, but they're trying to clear him out. Totally fine. Matthew Joseph goes high though, um, and it's it's different. Like everyone's seen and been on probably both sides who's played hockey, of the cross-check in front where you just kind of shove somebody out of the way. Uh, the only difference here is Matthew Joseph goes for his head and kind of wraps one hand around and gets him in the jaw. So he gets him in the back of the head with one, one in the jaw. Um, with both hands, then on the way down, Larkin falls, collides with another guy who's really just trying to go to his gut, but at this point his head has come lower. At some point in this exchange, Larkin gets knocked out cold. Uh, and it leads to this this clip of Larkin just motionless on the ice, which is pretty scary. I mean, he's like splattered on the ice. Um, right after this, Perron turns around. He sees Larkin, the captain, just down on the ice, and uh, he just goes for the closest guy there, who's Artem Zub, who wasn't involved in the play that knocked Larkin down, um, and goes for a big cross check on his head. That leads to a big scrum. Um, a lot ensues. Of course, Perron gets kicked out of the game. Larkin gets off, not on his own power, but he doesn't need the stretcher. Stretcher uh, was he, pulled out. It was pulled out. He was scary, able to yep. like skate off, but like obviously he's just been out cold for, I don't know, 20 seconds. It was about as scary as an out cold, knocked out yep. cold I haven't seen I haven't have. seen an out cold moment like that. And it was also a scary one because it wasn't like a big open ice hit where they just get clocked. It was like, did something just go wrong there? You right. know, it was one of those weird plays where you're like, could something be wrong with his neck? He's had a pretty extensive history with neck injuries, so like you're you're fearing the worst when you see a guy motionless yep. on the ice. Um, thankfully, well, he's moving. The the skeins came back clean, but he's on the IR, and there's the kind of hush about when he's coming back. And I think a lot of that's just protecting the player there. Yeah, don't want don't want to give too much. So the severity's not fully known. He could be concussed. It could be 
something they're just giving him as much time as he needs to get back on. But uh, remains to be seen. I think he's expected to play again this year. It's nothing. So, so for our listeners, I, I just want, I want to I want to just counter some of Arm's play by play there you, of how things you and me both, down. brother. You and me both. So so no no no. It, it's not really an issue. But you everything you described is a fact. Um, but just. I think the way that I sort of interpreted that play and how it went down, completely right, right? Puck battle, clear him out. Joseph goes to shove him. Uh, the hand comes up, and it, and it and it like pressures and sort of jerks. He gets him. You say he got him in the head or the jaw or whatever. Maybe, but basically my, my point is I think what happened with Joseph was that the leverage point was at like the top of his back. So it kind of jerked his head down suddenly, right? That was the result of, of the contact from Joseph. He gets him. Matthew Joseph gets, gets him, him in with the both back hands in the, head. in the back of the, the head, head and the side of the head. But 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 my point to the listeners is that is that like Joseph's contact, like like immediately alters the angle, the angle and positioning of of Larkin's head and neck at the same time that another player is coming, causing a second point of contact. Oh yes, but let me just show you this photo. And I know photos don't do it justice, but it shows where the hands like what what like. That second hand doesn't get there accidentally. I see. okay, okay. I, it I just see. doesn't. But 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 he didn't knock him out cold with the punch. I it's unclear when it ha- like when yeah, he, it all happened so one, two he gets combo. hit again on the way down. But like <laughs> yeah, it looks like a cross check, but it's not. It's he had that. He had a loose hand to to yeah. give you at least a situation on the ice. This was a uh, five on four power play for Detroit. The puck was in front of the net. Ensues. It ends up working its way onto the half wall to the top of the circle to I think Raymond, um, and a little bit of a of of a. Of uh, physical contact happens in front of the net. Do I think? Uh, do I think Joseph was out there to hurt Larkin? Absolutely not. I think Disarm. Ho- Here, Disarm. Here's Disarm. The, here's the thing that if this was a different player, I'd look at this this play differently. These two That's have history, wild. and it comes to, to last year or maybe the year. I think it was last year, or maybe the year before when uh, Matthew Joseph was on Tampa, and it's Larkin's first game back from getting cross checked in the head by Jamie Ben. So he's coming off a neck injury. My boy. And Matthew Joseph does one of these hits that we're going to get to where he just kind of shoves him into the board's head first. And Larkin's like, what Like what the hell, dude? I'm coming back from a neck injury. Everyone knows it, right? And he just gets a pretty scary neck hit, you know? A hit that like is what you don't want. It's what you're taught from youth. Don't do that because it can hurt people's necks. Um, and Larkin gets up and clocks him in the face, like just socks him, you know? He doesn't initiate the fight. He goes for he goes to knock him out, and he hits him right in the face. Larkin get a, a game Larkin for got one? two for that, I think. I kind of remember that, yeah. Larkin got two, and it's it's a, it's like a sucker punch, but like it, it is a sucker punch, you, you could, know? But it's also stick, it qualifies as sticking up for yourself in today's I, I thought yes, like the, yes. the hit deserved that, and you know. So, right. like, so, so back, back to there. this event, right? Our, so, so you're saying with that context, you're looking at Joseph's contact on him differently. Totally. Oh, yeah. A hundred percent. So and to me, when you go up with two, like a cross check is this, when you go up with a hand and then you wrap with the other, which so, is what he did. So let me, let me just I view it differently. Let me just counter that. All right. You're killing a penalty. You're collapsing. You're collapsing to the house. All, the four, puck all is, four had actually collapsed into that. Yes, because it's a loose puck in the Correct. play. Had, in the play had happened that way. It's a loose puck in front of your neck. Your back is to the goal and to the puck. You don't know yeah. where the puck is. You're clearing guys out. Mm-hmm. Maybe you see it's Larkin specifically. Maybe you don't, but you go to clear that guy out with prejudice. Correct. You use yes. as much force as you can to just knock and move him. And hockey's a fast game, even though this wasn't necessarily a fast, you know, foot speed mm-hmm. play. But he goes to shove him. The picture says what it says, right? An arm mm-hmm. comes around and gets him like in the kind of face and upper back. But I think the reason Larkin's out cold is that random combination of the second player coming in and yeah, something totally happening could. like that. And I just look at it as it's like 
I think Joseph's trying to just make a hard play and prevent. He's just trying to eliminate Larkin from making a play on the puck completely. Yep. I, I understand that. Like, I actually don't really And know. it's just really My bad issue, timing. though, is, it, like, you guys have been in front of net. You cross-check somebody in, like, the back. You, like, do you ever go for the I, nameplate dude, on that play? Our, dude, our, when I, it's I, happening really quickly. Have you ever gotten on the nameplate on one of those? Do oh, yeah, have, all the time, all the time. Uh, I don't. That's not how you clear it's, somebody it's, else. I lived in the box. And so. that's also a size. I mean, Larkin's not a small guy, but he's also not a huge guy. The size shouldn't be the But, but Larkin's like, also moving around. But Larkin's here. moving around, and he's crouching, and he's changing yep. his back positioning, and it, he's bending his knees, and he's getting lower, and he's trying to box out with his legs and his ass. Like, Correct. It, it's it's – you're acting like I think you're being a little irrational about it. I don't I, think so. I think I think a no, lot of people agree with this that aren't Red Wings fans. And my point is, I don't think he's trying to knock him out. I don't think he's trying to injure him severely. I think he's trying to ring him though. Yeah. I don't think he's just trying to clear him out. Sure, and I that's think he knows who it is, and that's hockey. I know, but when it happens, when you injure somebody, I think you get punishment well, you, for that. But well, the injury run that five risk. on four, I but think I, it's a little less of uh, who it is and who you're targeting specifically. I mean, I think he's I mean just five on to clean four up. more so you know exactly who's playing the bumper. You're just cleaning but out denying, the space. Like that's you, it. You're denying an offensive chance. And and I, again, I, I think I think I think if that second player's not in the in the neighborhood, right? If that thing just happens maybe larkin like goes to a knee turns around sees who it is and maybe they have a tilly right mm-hmm. maybe larkin's like this fucking guy again and then they go at it and it's like all right that was that that was more than moving me out of the way uh, that was trying to you know kind of fuck with me but also it's like dude i i think i think this is like your classic we have all these camera angles now and we get to see everything frame by frame by frame by frame we forget about what's actually happening on the ice what's happening mm-hmm. on the ice joseph's trying to eliminate the player that's just a fact he's trying to eliminate the threat yeah, I, 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 I would urge you to show me other clips where somebody gets a, a fist, an open fist to the jaw. The fist, the fist. On the clearing no, out no, of the no, net front. Show we're, me not, that we're not arguing on that. I know, you know but I think so you guys are saying it's a natural hockey play. I don't see that in natural hockey it's, very it's, often. It's, I just don't. You can and call I doubt you guys can find it. You when you call, see it in the next game, let me know. Send me a text. All right. We're, we're, send me we're a text when you see the free fist, one hand to the back of the head, one to the face. I'll use my little ESPN Plus. I'll rewind. I'll play. show it to me. Just show it to me. Screen, you got it. screen record. You, get you know, it all, like the yeah. corners that have, like it, it happens, but like that's not no, a normal I, play. I, 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 I don't hear you. I, I, I hear you. I don't. I'm not going to excuse. We need to agree hands, to disagree. We're not going to exactly. Spend His hands were high. There, there's this. no, there's no doubting about that, and it's a dangerous play. I think the league looked at it. They reviewed it. They found that it's. Uh, it, they took back five minutes off. I don't think it's a dangerous play. I just don't. I, it's just a misfortune of where his hands, I think, ended up. I could, you, you know, yes, there's history there, so I understand where you're coming from. It again, as Ross just said, it's going to be an agree to disagree. I think the next thing we got to move on to in terms of the situation was, as you kind of mentioned in the breakdown at, at the original point, was uh, David Perron. You know, hold yes. on, hold on. Before we get to Perron, I just want to say, I just want to say uh, conclusively that Larkin being out cold the scary way that he was, and like the overall outcome there that was obviously just it looked really, really, really bad. We hope it's not. We'll, we'll still Correct. see. Correct. But I, I make that, I, I draw that comparison more to like, uh, remember when Corey Perry's shin pad hit, uh, hit Tavares in the head? No. Full mm-hmm. speed in the playoffs, knocked Tavares out cold, blood all over the ice in that playoff series. I want to say it was the COVID year. I don't. Yeah. But right. what's what's your point? My my point is it it was accidental, weird, and and the like the the it, it's almost like in the NFL when a player's head takes on a knee on like a kickoff or, or some kind of a yeah, some yeah. kind of another play where it's just like it's kind of the worst combination of where the player where like where the way that a player's head moved and the way that everything else was happening created something that just knocked him out cold and it wasn't mm-hmm. like it wasn't a hockey play or a hockey collision that really injured him. It was just a, a 
it was a combination of guys moving and, and body parts being yeah. in the wrong spot. No, at the and, wrong time. and it's not going to be the last thing we uh, we talk about in terms of, of those happenings in terms of injuries. But the the next transpiring events from this situation was David Prawn sees his captain lied laid out basically like a crime scene uh, and and loses his his cool and you know I, I have no issue with him standing up to his teammate and I have you know again I think you chalk it down to just kind of in the moment you see Zoobs in that 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 environment you see him in the area what does he do he takes two hands and he puts his two fists in uh, in a stick through through Zoobs's head and uh, for that punishment he received a six game suspension from the National Hockey League he will be or the NHL Players Association will be filing an appeal on his behalf um, I personally do not see this being shortened. I'm kind of surprised. You could have set, you know, we can talk about suspensions. We can talk about what, uh, oof, oof, I saw that now. Yeah, that's tough. That's just unfortunate. I mean, his knee, he's fallen. He's, half his body's already passed. Now we're talking about yeah, the Tavares-Perry yeah, yeah, thing. But, sorry. But. Uh, to reel it back in, per, uh, Perron loses his cool. It goes after Zub. Zub is, is cross-checked in the face. Zub's actually the one who's trying to motion for like, let's well, get Zub totally caught a stray there. Well, J- but but Joseph did immediately signal. Both of them did. Yeah, I'm not saying like, again. I don't think he's trying to like kill him. Yeah. And when you see guys splat, like if if if, if right. but Joe, no, Matthew it, Joseph was like not worried at all there, I would have thought I would have been correct. really mad about you, it. Yes, if yes, he was skating yes. like over him, I would have been like, dude, yes. kick this guy out, go yes. hack him in the fucking face. Yeah, but that's yes. not the kind of guy that's I, mostly in the NHL, right? Correct. And you know, I think if you look at this whole situation, you know, yes, we just spent you know a good chunk of time on on the Larkin situation itself. This Perron situation is what's drawing, I think, a bit more attention, and that's that's in the sense of you know, yes, and they're very lucky that uh, Zub was not hurt in the instant, and, and I think that's where. The NHL player so or NHL uh, Department of Safety is kind of relying on their suspensions of whether or not the players hurt or not. You know, this was a very dangerous play. There's really no precedent set uh, for where. Well, well, there is. There actually. is. This is where I disagree. So I don't on on the surface. If there's no past history or any precedent on this, I don't mind six games for that. I think that's a play. I get what Perron. You get mm-hmm. pissed off. I get why he did it. Six games to me is fair on the surface value. Now, we've seen this exact play happen all over the place in the NHL this year. Matthews did it the other day. The cross-check to the face happens pretty regularly when somebody gets pissed. That was Matthews Dahlin, but, right? Yeah, it just happens a lot. And it's a one-to-two-game suspension always. What the NHL – it just is. That's not – you can't debate that. That's though. a fact, not an opinion. That, yeah, it's not an opinion. So the president does not support the case. Yeah. What they're saying that the difference – and another one, the Truba slash the other day – well, totally. they, they said because he had a hand on it. Hold sure, on. No, 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 no. There's a lot of excuses for yeah. everyone. Yeah. The, what they're saying now is that it's because he took six strides. And, of and course he did. They, he did. So I get it. But, like, yeah, yeah. there's so many plays with their intent <laughs> a to game, injure. A game per stride. That's I mean. kind of what the, that's kind of what they were saying. And it's like, dude, I'm all for it if, if the next cross check like that, which will happen. It's been happening a lot in the league this year. If you punish it the same way. But how are you going to go with all these other plays happening like this that are so similar and give them like triple the suspension that everyone else I, gets? I hear you. I think it makes no It doesn't make any sense. All right, all right, all right, all right Jack, you go, then I'll go. Yep. I, I just, I think you said it. You know, he took, he came from one half of the ice to the other half of the ice to find Zub. And, and, and you know, there was, yes, him standing up for his teammate, but. I think, you know, I'm not excusing the fact that Matthews probably wasn't trying to hurt Darlene, but I think there's a little more intent to injure in this case. And I know that's, you know, he said, she said, and, and it's, all right, we get it. But I, I don't know. I, I just, it was, yep, go ahead, Ross. I, I don't, I, it was disgusting in my opinion. Jesus Christ. All right. Buckle up, listeners. First of all, I, I relate to what Peron, okay? 
it's a weird scrum like we talked about. Nobody's really seeing anything. Like it, it was a fluky thing that happened. Really, nobody really knew why Larkin was out cold. Mm-hmm. Nobody yeah. knew. Perron picks his head up. He sees a guy down and like he sees white. You know, it's just rage. And um, and Zub's right there, and he thinks it's Zub. And whether he thinks it's Zub or he doesn't think it's Zub, you know, Perron is a 36 year old veteran. He's been in the NHL when it was not this patty cake league that it is today. And when when Perron was coming up in the NHL, you see somebody down like that, and I've heard this from a number of real hockey players that played in real leagues with real fighting and like real real stick up for your teammate, you know, kind of laws. The term grab somebody, right? Just go get somebody, right? And so that's what Perron's trying to do. Um, he comes in with the cross check to the temple. That's a bad look. That's a scenario where it could have could have caused Zub to do a lark in there. Yeah. Um, that obviously nobody really wants. And it and it looked ugly. Zub is caught off guard because I think Zub maybe had the best perspective on the ice of what happened to Larkin. Mm-hmm. And so Zub's thinking to himself, Whoa, you know, tempers down. We've got a real player injury situation. Differently than he's thinking, oh shit, we're about to throw down. Right, so Zub Zub's not really protecting himself as Perron's charging at him. You know, if I'm Zub there, I think I probably get a little bit more into fight or flight there than Zub's kind of weird hesitation eating a cross check in the face. Um, but when you say it's disgusting, and 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 you look at this stuff, I just think that's a gross overreaction. Six games, I think it's maybe three. Um, I think three. Th- I probably wouldn't have put up a fight over three. Um, I think I probably would have given two. Um, and I, I just, I, I see this and we're going to get to some of the other plays that are, that, that are other, other scenarios, but I just, I think there's a real misappropriation of justice right now with the league kind of going through its growing pains of trying to eliminate violent plays, head, head checks, trying to maintain body contact, trying to eliminate fighting as they're trying to, and they're struggling with the give and take of the natural flow of hockey that's been around for hundreds of years. And I I look at this one as like completely throwing the book at at Perron here. And I, I think he deserves a little bit more benefit of the doubt in this situation. Even though he's got his own kind of greasy track, he has no he goes, history. He goes. Does he? He has he goes, no suspension history. If, if you watch he a goes, game tape, he's he goes, always a, been a dirt ball. Does a yeah. full turn, gets the momentum, and comes right into no, him. T- I, but like he could touch him with a stick. Like you say, he comes across ice. He's in the crease. He could touch Zub with the stick. So the six strides are it's him six taking steps, off. really. Yeah, like he's right there. All of this happens between the hash marks. Right there, he sees him. All of this happens. This, this happens from the hash mark to the top of the crease. Like he's not coming from the blue line. And also, no, the, the I, other I thing just, I got to give him credit for know. is Larkin has had like a ton of cross checks to his head and neck area that have not been suspended badly, and the Wings have been credit, criticized by their fans for not doing anything about it. Mm-hmm. And, and, and there's like an opinion that like. They're going to keep doing this. They're going to keep targeting our best player if we're not going to stick up for him. So finally we do, and we get six games after we've seen so many of these dangerous cross-checks to go on Lark, and it's just like, dude, I, I, I don't think Perron maybe should have gone for the head, maybe slashed in the <laughs> gut or something. Like, go break a rib, you know? And, I'm and, totally good with and, that. And, and Perron's never been the guy to be a completely above-board honest player, to drop the gloves and just go like that. Correct. He's right. always been a little bit more of a stick-first, you know, whatever. So I think the onus is on him. That's why he got suspended, et cetera. But, like, I look at this, and this is a perfect scenario of why fighting's important mm-hmm. and why fighting should be <laughs> encouraged, in my opinion. Um, 
And, you know, like if he throws his gloves down, Zub now knows, right? Zub is now like like in the crosshairs, all right, this is going down. Mm-hmm. And then he can turtle or he can drop his gloves and meet him and whatever. Um, but because he comes with, that's why I think he deserves a suspension. I think six is outrageous. I think three, I think it's, it's, there's just no precedent. I think no, three, I think two, three, I think two agreed to a, one disagree on this one. Three, three would be harsh and it would send a message, but I think it would still be fair. I also don't mind if you suspend this head cross check everyone equally. Fine. I don't really need it in the game personally. I think you can cross check people in the back. Like there's a lot of other places to cross check somebody that hurts and it's a good way to retaliate. The head doesn't need to be there, but just continue to like punish it that way. Yeah. If they're going to keep on doing head cross check five games, fine. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, and well, it's fair. It's, Are we settled here on on the on the wings? We'll Ottawa see situation? where where the uh, the appeal takes us, and we'll see where uh, where it lands. Six games is what he's got right now, and uh, the appeal process should be probably over by the end of the week. But we're no specialists in that one. Moving on to our next little uh, injury, and it's going to end up landing uh, Connor. Oh, poor, poor Winnipeg Jets in. Uh, uh, the fact is they're going to lose their leading scorer, a guy who's got 17 goals already this season. Kyle Connor goes on the shelf for six to eight weeks after a tough – another one I'm going to call a hockey play from Ryan Strom as they collide in the offensive zone for uh, for Winnipeg um, and unfortunately need a knee, and, and it lands Connor on the IR. That's uh, uh, Let's talk about it. Let's discuss it. Who wants to lead us off? I'm happy to go. I've, got, I've spent a lot of time on leg checks in my um, hockey education career. Is there any suspension to Rome? Any penalty to Rome? Like uh, to to Strom? Strom. No, I don't think so. No, I don't, I don't think he even so. got a penalty. So I I think that's bullshit. Um, and let me just go all the way back to leg checking in general. So there's a big thing in the kind of 80s, 90s, near and dear to Bruins fans with Cam Neely and why his career was cut short, of guys who step up in the neutral zone and have a penchant for sticking a leg out when, when, when they screw up their angle and they're not on time and they use the leg as an, as an extension of their range of physical contact to hold up the opponent because they mm. did their job mm-hmm. wrong. Uh, so, Ryan, Ryan Strom did uh, receive a knee, uh, kneeing penalty. Two minutes or five? Uh, he got fighting. It was served by Leo Carlson. So let me, let me he got two. He got two. Okay. And, but but, but my, point is, my point is that's kind of the history of leg checking and leg injuries. Okay? And that thing where you have these defensemen that did that regularly and that was part of their game, and there are certain players I'm not even going to mention because they don't deserve to have their names said on this podcast, uh, that kind of made careers out of that thing. And is to me, one of the dirtiest and most irreprehensible plays you can ever do. It's dangerous to yourself and to, and to the person you're hitting. This is not that. Okay, this was um, this was Strom back checking and Connor making a move and Strom being caught a little bit and this happened really quickly and Strom's physical reaction was to tweak his leg just a few inches out of position, creating that knee on knee where you saw Connor's knee bend the wrong way just a little, which you know hyperextending the knee right that's got all the ACL MCL whatever else. Um, so you know that's pro- it said six to eight weeks. That's a ser- you know that could be a serious knee injury. Correct. It's a dangerous play, but it's not something that Strom did. It's not like Strom's play on the ice intentionally put himself there. It was really kind of a last second, I just think, athlete response moment where, you know, that's not really dirty. It's just kind of how it is. Mm -hmm. I still think you need to punish that severely because of the danger of the play. It was a five-minute game misconduct, a five-minute for fighting. and uh, Yeah, but the fighting stuff all happened after. 
No, he got 20 minutes a game. Or he got 20 minutes of penalty minutes. So he, he got kicked out of the game in a five-minute That'll be good for That'll be good for Strom's hockey DB. But, but. no, so Strom, I mean, you, you added about Strom. Strom's not a guy who has a history of, of, of dirty plays. I think this is an arm I'll let you get your – my two cents on this quickly is I just think it's the fastest game on, on earth, and it's one of those plays where I just think the that, unfortunately, it, it, it just happened. And just the last thing, that's so different from the Larkin situation, right? This Correct. wasn't a dead puck. This this was, like, pretty pretty much full speed. Yep. Guys moving at, you know, 75%, 80% of full speed. Mm-hmm. and it's just that much higher, higher pace, like less margin for error, less margin for intent. One little tweak, and that's what happened. Yep. Yeah. Also, like if you watch the replay, Kyle Connor's leg is like oddly far out from his body. Um, I'm not like blaming him for it, but like he's in a vulnerable position. Correct. And uh, Strom catches him. And you know what I'm glad about though? They they did kick him out. He got the game misconduct. Like that's what should happen. I don't mm-hmm. care if there's intent there. If you injure somebody and you make a play like that, you put your body in the wrong position, get punished. I, I think intent is often used in the stupidest way. It's like, why are we caring so much about intent? If you injure a player, that should matter. Um, and I know a lot of people sometimes disagree with that, but like, it's just how I, how I view it. If you're going to make that play, take one of the best players out of the game, you should get punished, and he did. And, you know, I, it does not look at all like he was trying to do it. Totally. No, I, and I don't think any, none of us have any ill will on Strom uh, for this. We finally can agree on one place. <laughs> I, I believe, I like, throwing Strom from the game, it serves two things, right? It's penalizing the, the reactionary play, regardless of intent, which mm-hmm. I support. And it's really taking control of the game because you let that guy keep playing. We're going to get to some other situations. Right. Yeah. You let the guy keep playing, and now it, the game could turn into a Donnie Brook Correct. very quickly. Um, yep. I, I, you know, I, I might have, if I were, I used to say Shanahan, but now he's running, uh, it's not Shanahan, it's Paros. But if I were running player safety, I would have looked into that and, and maybe given an additional game because of the, the priority the, game. The priority that I, that I just, I think that, that stuff, like the specific neon, knee, you just you need to disincentivize as much mm-hmm. as you can. But all told, throwing them out from the game, I, I think from that, what that's 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 a fine the way to consequences on the ice. I think served served it appropriately. I think in terms of a suspension, I think they looked probably at Strom and, and said, you know, this is not a guy who's out here to to headhunt, try and end career. But what a tough out. loss for Winnipeg, huh? Especially in the fact that I mean, it's been a Cinderella start for this team. I love to see Shifley right away drop the gloves, knew and responded. It was nice, uh, nice little characteristic from uh, from Shifley there. But unfortunate to see uh, a guy who is lighting it up and, and kind of changing his perspective at least uh, he was changing mine a little bit of you know you know still absolutely just a goal scorer but i think you know he's bringing a lot more to this winnipeg team talking about kyle connor now yeah yeah i mean to me it's not changing my opinion of connor the way that he's producing because look at look at his look at his game look at his game sheets He's done this forever. He's yeah. just freaking consistent. He's forty goals, forty assists. No, he plays eighty games. He's him, forty goals, forty assists. We've like, given him the rep that he's just—he's not. You know, I, I think he's a, well. All a he con- all he contributes is scoring. Correct. That's a fact. I, I and think that he's hasn't been changed. more responsible a little bit this year. But agree to disagree on that. But we agree in terms of I think where where the discipline <laughs> was held on this one and, and a huge huge loss. On, and can't go understated. Now the West is just a shit show. Oh my yeah. God. I mean, there's like twenty teams in the mix. The yep. Flames yeah. are still in the mix. <laughs> Jesus. Nope. Yep. Yeah, they're they're not wanting to go away. They're not wanting to go away. They can't. They're, they're trying to, and they can't. Yeah. So un- unfortunate to see Kyle Connor hit the shelf for six to eight. Uh, Winnipeg loses their uh, leading goal scorer, second in the goal scoring race uh, at like seventeen, I believe. Moving on from player safety. Before we get into, uh, well, we'll go into. Our next little topic before we talk into one more firing that happened this week, actually last night, um, Brunson and Cousins. Eric uh, Eric Brunson? Eric Goodbranson. Goodbranson. Nick Cousins, an interesting play in the uh, Blue Jackets and Florida Panthers game. This is going to be uh, the, the next debated topic. 
hits from behind, and this is defenseman kind of going back for the puck, trying to. It's not an icing. It's two guys racing for the puck, and and defensemen leaving themselves specifically a little bit vulnerable. And we'll talk about where people are being teached in that sense. But uh, um, taught, you might want to say if you're a coach, taught. you might want to say taught, taught and teaching, teached. Probably teached. not the right use of teach. Yeah, I don't, I don't yeah, even know if teach is a word. word. Yeah. yeah. No, not, thank you. Don't, um, don't try that on your Scrabble boards this, uh, this Christmas. <laughs> uh, no, but a scary play. Gabranson, Gabranson, sorry, ends up sprawling, falling on the ice, head first into the boards. Tough play. Uh, Ross, I know you're eager and we've been cuffing you a little bit. Go ahead. Well, I've got a lot on this one um, because we're there's three different scenarios. I know, I know. But to me, this one's different than the other two. Um, Here's a play, good Branson, okay? Veteran player, been in the league, all the conversation about protecting yourself. Like, he's been around long enough where he he protects himself. And in this situation, Nick Cousins, who's – the reason he's in the league is because he's a hard four checker and he's been valuable for Florida in, in doing that and being a hard four checker. We know about the NHL rules that have limited the kind of tug and pull and obstruction interference and the dangerous, uh, you know, um, sort of unintentional byproduct of rule changes enabling forwards to come flying after D men on puck retrievals. In this play, Good Branson is doing a puck retrieval play at full speed, inside outside edges, diagonal from the boards, about two feet from the boards, maybe a foot and a half from the boards. He's making a hundred percent a hockey play to retrieve the puck that's been happening in hockey for a hundred years. He's doing nothing wrong. He is not, he is not putting himself in any position other than those that the game dictates he put himself in. Nick Cousins comes flying in like a bat out of hell and throws all of his full speed weight directly into the numbers of good Branson, the most dangerous spot away from the boards you possibly can a hit that you're taught from the moment you start playing hockey, even before body contact. This is a bad play by cousins and he does it with completely reckless intent and behavior. And he just smashes good Branson's face right into it. And, it's a great thing that Good Branson's okay. All right. Yep. So I am really appalled, absolutely appalled, that Nick Cousins comes out of this with zero game suspension. A Nick two, Cousins to two me, minute minor. Nick Cousins to me deserved five games for that, no less than five. And the way he went in there, it guy, he's got a rep now in the league, and this moment is like he's now like the guy that. Teams and, and other opponents, and Good Branson's been around for a while. There are definitely a lot of guys that saw this and really didn't like it. He's going to get what's coming to him, and I can't wait. Um, I really can't wait. I agree. And it's literally, like as you said, you're taught from youth. It's the most dangerous play in hockey. It's just what it is. Um, Scumbag play. They took away icing, like the old icing rules, because of this play. And we've we've ranted about the icing and how nobody really knows what it is anymore, right? And, and so sorry. But Arm. they took it away because of this play. They didn't want this play happening. Um in a lot of ways. He was too far away from the boards. And you see Good Branson, and some people on Twitter were giving him a little shit for it because he stays down, and then he pops up to, to, uh, go, to, go, to go fight. I, I got to get I gotta get to my, my comments but, on the but, Instagram. So my comment on this is like, and he, he spoke after the game about it. They're like, you got right back up after like appearing hurt. He's like, yeah, I was checking to see if I was hurt. Okay. He's like, okay. I, he goes, I sat down, and I was like, the way I went in, I knew what that play was, and I was like making sure I could move. 
Uh, and he's like, I had to take a second to process this, and then I was like, fuck that. So, <laughs> so all right, all right. So, so I we, we've talked about uh, commentary on social medias and trying to stay away from it. And I don't know, I was maybe in one, um, and I, I threw a comment on here after seeing it because what happened was this horrible collision happens. Good Branson is on the ice, motionless for like a split second, like a second, a second, like a full second where he's motionless. And then he immediately gets up and beats a bag out of Cousins. Love that. Um, and my comment my comment on the 1929 hockey underscore Instagram, I said, surprised Good was able to spring up and start chucking after lying on the ice like he died. Pathetic reality that when you take any kind of big hit nowadays, the smart play is to lie on the ice for a minute to get a call. Dot, dot, dot. Sad. Now, I made that comment not to say that Good Branson was, was like, like, that comment was really just saying, like, that's what it is now. You yeah. take a hard hit. You you might as like if 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 you get up and keep playing right away, they might not call a lot of these things, and like freezing there like that's when you get a call and that was my reaction. Now the string of comments is really 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 lovely. So I, I I've scored ninety five likes on that comment. Nice. <laughs> um, but some of these this reply outdid me with a one oh six. Um, he goes, uh, maybe getting boarded face first hurt for a second. You cluck clown emoji, clown emoji, clown emoji. <laughs> that one did it. But valid. So then here's one that came right in. That was actually exactly what good Branson did and, and had. And I, I sort of, when I saw this, I was thinking that too, um, is, you know, it's called checking the engine to see if anything is hurt when it's not you snap. And I think that's completely it. I'm going to chuck that's that good, guy. That's like, way, yeah. uh, cause that, that's what good Branson basically mm-hmm. did. But my personal favorite, um, at me. Uh, the only hits you're taking are back claps from some random dude in an alley. That was my favorite. Uh, I'm going to chuck that a like, too. I'm going to chuck that a like, too. Uh, that's only up to 20 likes. But um, joining joining the sewer, uh, joining the sewer of, uh, of, of commentary here. But my point was not an attack on Good Branson. It was more about the state of the NHL. Yep. But but then Good Branson gets up and tries to feed him. They both go to the box. And then, I mean, do you guys want to get in on the hit and the play before we talk about what happened later in the game? No, I think he kind of said it right. It was a shitty hit. It, I mean, it it's is, like the it worst is. hit in no, hockey. No, it's, it's surprising. And I agree. It should have been a major game ejection and suspension. All three. It should. It just should have been. That's what surprising. you cannot do. And so, and so Cousins gets two. Uh, I think That's the end, I think the end result was a Florida power play, which is disgusting. Yeah, for the instigating. Yeah, whatever. And then and then later on in the game, Good Branton's playing, and he sees Cousins coming down the coming down the wall, and he just fucking jumps him. Um, and this, I mean, in 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 Cousins, he turtled in the moment. And then he turtled again when he had to answer for it. You want to come after Gabrant? And Gabranson just fucking went after him. And I love that from Gabranson. I think, like, it's just, it's, it's just like, dude, he is entitled to that, in my opinion. Um, there, you know, there once was a time where you know this happened to a guy like Good Branson, right? This didn't happen to like the superstar player, mm-hmm. and it's not like goons oh, after goons Fantilli. and goons don't exist anymore. It's a different right? story. But like, Good Branson's going out and he's he's seeking justice himself. Which I love, like vigilante justice is part yeah. of hockey at this level, and um, and so I take absolutely no no problems with what Good Branson, how Good Branson responded. I take huge problem with how Cousins responded. Turn. The fact that Cousins couldn't just couldn't just like respond there, drop his gloves, and just have it be like try to have it be over with. Mm-hmm. Um, he has to take the fight. It's a it's a joke that sucks, he doesn't take the fight. Sucks. Absolute joke. We Absolute to, joke. We don't get to see it. And the end. NHL rewards Nick Cousins. We don't get to the see NHL's it. on the side of Nick Cousins. The NHL wants more Nick well, Cousins out Branson there. Branson got a suspension. And For the fact game, that yep. if you see that whole sequence play out, I understand if Branson gets one because he gives him two shots when he's on the ice. Sure, but he didn't take the. Fu- you have to suspend Cousins. You just have to. I don't know how. I don't know how he ends up winning. Well, and it, it and you got to chuck him from the game too. Of course. 
Because that was going to happen. That's what happens when you don't chuck him from good, the game. Uh, good Branson wouldn't have got suspended if they threw Cousins out. It's ridiculous. Correct. Oh, it completely. You know, it, it felt good, Bran- good Branson had felt he needed to police the situation himself. And after a very busy weekend, which we'll, we'll get into with uh, the two other hits that we saw. Yeah. Um, it was uh, no. It, but this one to me was the biggest miscarriage of justice I've seen in the league well, in a think, long time, and I it, think it's got is, me really pissed off. I, look, it really does. We're gonna go through them, and we'll go through them right now. I think that this is the worst out of the three in terms of my opinion. By far. Uh, but going it, on it, to the next. So, 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 just just to wrap that up, right? It's the worst of the three. It's the worst both in the intentional dangerous play that Cousins made. And the miscarriage of justice that Cousins walks with two minutes. Yeah. Good Branson ends up, you know, getting thrown out yep. and getting a game on top we don't, of it. We don't get a response until April. Oh, just it's just it's just fucking gutless. And like the like hockey has a chance to not be gutless because yeah. of its history and what it is. And now you know it's this is just how. So that was uh, that's how things are going. It's re- it really chaps my ass. This, uh, I'm I'm hot about that one. That was Sunday night. Friday night, Friday night in a matchup between the Edmonton Oilers and the Minnesota Wild. Edmonton. Edmonton, which we're not done there yet as they're on their heater. Um, Evander Kane and Jonas Brodeen are fighting for the puck. Similar play. Uh, Brodeen, a guy who's been in the league for a long time as well, uh, didn't really protect himself in this situation versus where I think he kind of knew Kane was there, knew the hit was coming, and uh, Kane put him through the boards and... You know, it's another scary one. Brodeen is, I think, on the shelf with a uh, – I don't know. If, uh, we're going to call it upper body. I think it's probably something to do with the head, but uh, Brodeen will miss some time. Vander Kane not not given a penalty, not given uh, anything. Well, um, Ryan Hartman responds and, and drops the gloves to answer the bell for Minnesota. Um, another scary play. I'm going to list off the, the last one just so we keep the ball rolling. No, no. Let's do this one then get to the last one. Okay. They're all different. And I, I'm, a, I'm a little upset, Jack, that you say it's a similar play. It's really not a similar play. Burdine has the puck. Uh, Burdine has the puck with his, with his back to play, right, his face up against the boards. Burdine moves the puck, and Burdine's right up against the boards. He's within a foot of the boards standing upright. And um, Evander Kane finishes his check with the player up against the boards, right? So he hits him from behind into the boards, but not from a distance into the boards. So that's not boarding. And at that level, at the NHL level, that's a legal play. When a player's flat up against the boards, you can hit them from behind. You can. You just can, right? You, you can't. It's obviously, it's kind of, it's the old, uh, what, Nancy Reagan uh, porn, you know, when you see it, right? Um, and in this one, it's Kane finishing a check. Brodeen's face ends up hitting the glass. And I think that's what got him a little bit of a conky. Um, and that's unfortunate, but that's hockey. That happens. That, that's how I looked at this whole play. Yeah, so my take in all – there's been a ton of plays similar to this happening in the league this year. It seems like an abnormal amount. My take on it is, like, if your head hits the boards first, that's a different argument, right? If you kind of go flat on the boards, that's not that's not the dangerous into the boards play. This was a little bit more borderline to me. This was definitely the whole body hit it, but his neck kind of gets cranked a little mm-hmm. bit. And Evander Kane finishes with, like, the forearm to the, the upper back. Um, that should have been two minutes to me. Now, the issue is, like, if I'm Minnesota, you respond. You don't really want to chuck it with Evander Kane that much. He's <sighs> Not kind of a lot the, of... He's probably the worst player in the league because he can make those plays. He's fast enough and skilled enough, and uh, you really don't want to fight him. And not a lot of guys can teach Evander Kane a lesson with the gloves off. At no, this point. no, no, <laughs> no. You really that. do not want to fight this guy. You can guy. count him on less than one hand, the number of guys. I don't think can... anyone... 
I don't think anyone is the favorite in that fight. Yeah. Uh, we, yeah. We, he's got a good track record. No, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm definitely Team Evander. But just go start playing that. Like, that's why you four check hard. I think it's a fine play. It's two minutes. Two minutes because he gets his like neck run a little but, bit. But my, my point on that thing with, with Burdine, though, it's like I don't think Burdine put himself in a particularly vulnerable spot. I think Burdine's taken that check a hundred times in his career. And I think that in this time, you know, it, the, the way it happened, I don't know, you know, little details about the way his back was arched, the way Kane finished. like the, Kane the, is huge. And, like, the, the little specific timing, it happened to put his head against the glass and he got concussed. It's a collision game that happens. That's how yeah, I look I, I think it's a two-minute penalty, though, just the way it was. If he's a little bit more upright, which some of these plays have been, uh, then it's no call. You know? If I'm a ref, it depends on how the game's being played that day yeah. and how, how much that fits into how we're letting him play or not letting him play. But, I mean, I look at that play, and it's like, I, I don't think it's egregious that you no. don't call Kane for and two. On, on you like, could have called him for two. On the dirty spectrum, too, it's a little bit dirty. But that's it. It's like a 2 out of a, 10 for me. But there's a ton of little bit dirty plays that happen that are totally fine. That, we, that we generally like on yeah, this podcast. Yeah, exactly. So, it, yeah, it's a little bit dirty. He's trying to bring him up, you know. I don't think there's anything does. I don't think there's anything reckless about what Kane did. No. I, I agree. I, in that Unfortunate I, you know, that he got hurt. Where and I love Burdine. He's one of my he's, he's yeah. one of the most underrated defensemen in the there's league. There's not much he could have done, I don't think, to to stop that. It's a big loss for Minnesota too. It is. But, it is. but you know, maybe he'll miss two games, maybe he'll miss ten. So we'll we'll mm. have to see the severity. Everybody's brain is different. To our final little uh, checking from behind uh, comment. Eric Robinson, newly of the Buffalo Sabres after a trade with uh, Columbus and Buffalo, sending Robinson to the Sabres. In a Saturday night matchup with the Montreal Canadiens, he takes Justin Barron into the boards. Robinson would receive a five-minute major and a game misconduct for this hit. It would be a boarding five-minute major uh, game misconduct. And uh, another scary one, another one that I I think this is probably, if we had to rank them in in terms of scariest to least scariest, I had this one in the middle for me. yeah, same. S- seeing it one more time. He's standing still. This is this it, is a five minute major. Less man. moving. You know, Barron was not ready for this hit. Robinson's moving. He's coming in, and it's a tough little. Barron has his numbers all the way towards the boards, and it's not like he was turning in that instance. So I I, I didn't love it, and I get where they they're coming. Kyle Poso did not love when he uh, chalked this up, and at least at this point, the Kane hit had happened the night before, and he was like, "How is this a five minute game misconduct?" Well. Alex said it, you know, Barron's not really moving. It's, it's a little bit more of a dangerous hit than not, and there's, there's really no arguing that, but and I'm sure. And he's a little farther off the boards. Like, yeah. look at how he goes yeah. into the boards. It's yeah. like his head and neck go first. It's just, a, it's not uh, a safe play. It's not a play that I think the NHL wants to see, in, in, no. and, you know, Robinson didn't receive uh, any supplementary discipline besides the game misconduct. Supplemental. Supplemental. I would game. give him one. I, I think one game would have been fair on that. So I, I've been watching this on loop on my phone since we started talking about it. Um couple points here um robinson one of my favorite one of my favorite kind of fourth line grinders one of the fastest skaters in the nhl um he just got traded this week from columbus to buffalo I, there was interest around the league I, I had heard on on the various kind of insider pods uh that teams launched him because I, I think he's got a lot to offer he's kind of that um really really good um speedy fourth line nowadays fourth line player that just checks right he's not going to really yeah. score but he's he flies um, and when I look at this play, a couple things stand out to me. Number one, it's Robinson who moves really fast, right? So he comes into the zone, zone entry, moving really fast. It's not charging. He has his feet planted yeah, from about the dot in. Yep. Um, and there's a decent amount of time from when the puck gets to Barron between the body contact. And Barron's a right shot. He's on the left side of the net. So he's got a little bit of a blind side there playing um, you know, the right shot on the left side. And that puts him at a disadvantage. He's 
acting with the puck as he gets to it is I don't I, I put this on Baron in a lot of ways because I don't think that Baron I don't think Baron is you know it's not about having your head up when your back is turned but he's not prepared for the contact sport he's playing exactly no it, it, that's exactly yeah. it and then the other thing that I want to point out about about Robinson's contact and subsequent play there before they blew the whistle um, is he's coming in to make body contact and separate the man from the puck and get the puck. He's, he, he is. He's not flying in like Cousins where his back goes up against his back and he lays out full speed. Um, it, it, uh, you know, and um, what was the end up – what was the penalty on Robinson? What did Robinson get for this? Five-minute uh, boarding, five-minute – or game misconduct. Five-minute, thrown out of the game, no, no additional suspension. And, you know, I think okay, that's okay. I think that's okay. I just – like if, if I look at this play, I think that's a two-minute boarding. Maybe, I, I just think the distance from the boards – he cracks him. It's not like he didn't know he was going to be in that position. Uh, I don't know. I, I like five there. It's because it is a dangerous play. Yeah, Baron should have moved. No, it's also kind of a, like a suicide. Pass. Ross, you have you have a very fair point, and I think it's something I, w- I wanted to talk about a little bit because you said it. You know, it, it, we both said it. I guess it's Baron was acting like he's playing pee wee might hockey where or beer just, league, right? He's just trying to move the puck, and it's not like he's expecting that. I mean, this is the fastest game on earth. There is no question about it. And you know, we're in a day and age where this this the players are being developed to be skill fast players they're not they're not being taught to really receive the contact and that's you know i think that's one of your biggest you know uh things that grinds your gears is you know that the the, the way a a the game is changing and that's all contact sports but now we're starting to realize all right well these kids aren't ready for these hits and that's it's a scary thought it's a army scary you got thought. anything else on this because i want to this is a good segue for me just on a quick go note. ahead how much have we seen an increase in the reverse checks lately oh is that reverse hits a lot. Well, this like obviously, Darlene loves it. Yeah, I call it the Peter Forsberg special, who I think really kind of revolutionized the the concept yeah. of the reverse hit. But when Robinson's going in there, all right, he's got to be prepared for a reverse check there. Yeah. Who was the one that in the playoffs last year who threw the big one? I forget. There were too many to count. Um, it happened like six times every game. But like, he's got it. Like Robinson's got, like got to be prepared for a reverse check there. Mm-hmm. And if Robinson comes in a little bit softer or a little bit around that, he might get completely put on his back and, you know, be out of the play. So, I, yeah, I really – I do put the onus on Barron. Um, I, I think five minutes because think about a game. Now you've got a five-minute locked-in penalty. They could score two, three power play goals, run away with the game right there. Oh. And I don't think that that's a play by Robinson that should terminate his team's chances at winning the game. I, I hear you. My thing is, like, We've talked that hit off the boards into yeah. the boards yeah. is just super dangerous, and I think it's a risky run when you come in that hard. And the onus and is on the checker. Maybe it it's looks, a little bit unfair, but like, come on, it's a defenseman going against a forward flying in. It's not that unfair. I'm not as dug in on this as I am on the others. And on the, on the it other only other. resulted, unfortunately enough, I guess for Buffalo, it only killed them for one goal. But this was a big one where you know you look at the standings; these are two teams that are fighting for spots, and and Buffalo was able to lose this one in in a shootout after an unbelievable performance from Caden uh, or Clayton. Caden Primo, Primo, Caden Primo, forty-six saves at this one, but not not Clayton, um, but Caden, um, Caden. But if Barron wants to play a long time in this league, he's got to get ready. He needs to. Yep. He, move, there's a lot of ways to avoid that. In like move this the is, puck, turn, reverse hit. Guys that last in this league don't put themselves in that position. Well, That's all I'm saying. That's yeah, all I'm saying. If you want to, you know, this has been a theme this season, and you know, the, the NHL is is trying to maneuver their way through it in terms of how to punish this, and uh, you know, it's something that. 
the players, and that's where I think Good Brunson were was so uh, appreciated. You're over on Good Branson. Good Branson was so <laughs> I was appreciated for. I hate saying his name. For for policing his own, he took it into his hands, and that's why he went after Cousins like he did. And you know, unfortunately, he ends up being the one punished by the league. So it, it sends a message that I don't think this is going to be the last weekend of of potential uh, boardings, hits from behinds, and, and dangerous plays. Now, I don't want to go completely uh, off schedule here, and it's not immediately tied to our hitting from behind topic. Can we do the McAvoy play here? Or should I save that for loose change? Save it for Let's loose save it for change. loose change. we got to keep the show moving. All right, it was a natural segue, but you know what? We're going to keep push, pushing on. I don't disagree with you. We'll give you that light. We'll give you the light of day. My, my last point on this whole hitting topic, though, we've seen a lot of these plays this year. I think the league kind of has a choice of what they're going to do with it. Um, we'll see. I don't know what the outcome of this is, but it, it what was are the kind choices? Of, what are their choices? Do they start, start penalizing? Suspending, him start more, suspending you know? people for these. Things. They're, I mean, they're, the Cousins was happening. a good scenario where I think he really could have could have laid down the law on Cousins and really put an end. They should have, but they didn't, and I think they're going to keep happening. It's left the door open. No, no, so. no arguments there. No arguments there. All right. Well, we're moving on. The show is moving. Uh, we're going to talk quickly about St. Louis because of the breaking news last night on the ESPN Edmonton uh, Hawks game and the late night slates was that Craig Berube. Ruby, Stanley Cup winning coach for the St. Louis Blues in 2019, is out after a. Do you know what the Stanley? Uh, they are 27 points in 28 games. Yep. They're outside the playoffs. To the wings, which is the a tough loss to the. Yep, I think they blew a lead in that one as well. Um, Two leads, and it, it was a tough night and a tough start for for the Blues. It's a, it's a bit of a roster overhaul, as you've seen. You know, Tarasenko is obviously elsewhere. Uh, Ryan O'Reilly, after being dealt at the deadline as well, is elsewhere. So it's a turnover. You know, they they are. They're changing the guard in St. Louis, and it's something they've said that they really have been on record, that it's not a rebuild, it's it's a retool, but we still feel like we're competitive, and I think that's where they're they're feeling that Barube was not living up to the expectations, and they're hoping that a quick uh, quick change might shift the guard for this this St. Louis team in a winnable central division for a wildcard spot. So it, it's it's an interesting one, but St. Louis takes Craig Barube onto the list of, of, of hitting, uh, hitting the golf and and taking some time off in the national. This is a guy who will absolutely get. I could see him being rehired as soon as this offseason, dependent on how how quickly he kind of wants to go back into things. But um, he is a guy. He's a, he's a, he's got a ring on his finger. So yeah, um, and the NHLs don't they don't hire new coaches. So he's got a good shot. <laughs> um, there's only like five. Any any quick. From. I don't want to spend a ton of time because we've we've it's had. For you, it, I, th- we've had I think some... this was a worthwhile firing. I I watched this Wings Blues games. I mean, they had two leads. Couldn't hold on to them. They don't like their power plays just awful. I think anytime a coaching staff has bad special teams, you got to look at coaching mm-hmm. a little bit. And it was to the point where like Kyrie wasn't even playing on the first power play. Like they were really trying to figure it out by not having Kyrie. Like they have the second player. worst power play in the league as well. They're right there with. Uh, well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, no, I know. I'm but just, they I'm took just... Kyrie off it, and it's like that's the level you're at that you're taking Jordan Kyrie on a team limited with skill uh, they, off of your first power play. They like, had a power play at the end of the game before. Well. Well, we'll get into the loose change, I guess, a little bit um, later. But, you know, this is this week. This week they're on a four-game losing streak. They lost to the Hawks. They lost to the Blue Jackets. They blew two leads to the Wings. It's it's a little bit of hit the reset button, and uh, and I think Armstrong and, is the uh, – Yeah, um, it's Bill or Doug. There are two Armstrongs. Doug, one, one's, I think it's Doug. One, one's, one's the Stars, one's the Blues. I think but, it's Doug Armstrong yeah. in, in St. Louis. His big crust for today was it's just time to move on. Yeah. Well, what I also heard Doug Armstrong say was – um, you know, he said, I could get fired this afternoon or I could get hit by a bus. And it's very sad that I don't think I'm finding that I don't think I would be leaving St. Louis in any better of a position than I found it. 
That's what he said. Yeah, that's wild. Um, mm-hmm. Which is crazy to think about a guy that built, and I love those Blues teams that kept getting close, kept getting beat by the Hawks. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, that team that pissed in my Cheerios in 2019, Boston. Um, but my thing on the Barube firing is it's a wake-up call. Like, obviously, wake-up call team, but in the National Hockey League, the head coach, like, coaches always think that they're so important. And – in hockey, it's like, okay, they've got systems, system this, system that. We talked about Dean Evison's fucking penalty kill. That was just a joke to see. But, like, generally speaking, right, there are, what, three, four, five systems out there? Like, a lot of different – like, it, it comes down – variations, but yeah. Are the players buying in? Are they playing all the same way? Is it all working? Is it all going? And there's a shelf life on a head coach. And, and you know, I don't want to over-brewing – Bruinify this, but like when when the Bruins fired Bruce Cassidy, it wasn't because the the team wasn't good, his results weren't good. It's just because the time had come. Like the voice got a little yep. old, and the and the the dynamic between the players and the coach was no longer the best thing. Mm-hmm. So even though Cassidy goes right over to Vegas and wins the the Stanley Cup, you know I, I think it's just a, it's kind of a stupid argument to sit there and say if we hung on to Cassidy, then we would have won the cup. Right? No, because he's entering a different environment and he's stepping into Vegas brand new with a bigger opportunity to make an impact than he is sitting around stale in his sixth yeah. year in Boston. So looking at Baruby, right? 18-19, he took over midseason. They win the Cup. Then he's there for one, two, three, four, five years after, well, right? That's about it, yeah. And so it's, it, it kind of just took – you know, it, it happened. And it's not like the guys stopped playing for him. It's not like the players don't like Baruby. It just happens. And it's kind of hard It's kind of hard to quantify, but it's just time. It, oh, the time comes. Looking at this uh, Blues roster, you know, I think, as I said, you know, they're, they're it's not great. And that's where I, I kind of get to, you know, the, the aging decor. They basically have, I think, out of the seven or eight listed, all six of them are over 30 years old. So it's an aging decor. Um, and it's just a team that – Hasn't really lived up to expectations in the last few years, and that's why you saw him as sellers at the deadline last year. Drew Bannister, uh, Bannister, Bannister, I think is how you say it, um, from the AHL will come up and uh, be the interim for for the time being as the Blues try and uh, maneuver their next way through this coaching change. Craig Brube out in St. Louis. Any final thoughts? Perfect. Next. Only, only, only that we said. I said I was going to watch a little bit of blues. Didn't get around to watching a little bit of blues. <laughs> now Peruvi's gone, so I did. Guess we'll kick that one you down. Didn't miss much. They are no. a point out of the playoffs. Okay. No, they're still, and that's where I think you know. It, apparently, the owner did get involved in this conversation, similar to what I think happened in Minnesota. It was like you know, you kind of need to pull the trigger. We need, if we're going to reset, the reset needs to happen now. And and I think that's where St. Louis is, especially in a week where Kyle Connor goes out for Winnipeg. The divisions, the division title is not in grasp, but. Wake, working your way into potentially a, a third spot in the division, if not a wild card, is still in reach for the They're Blues. in the hunt. Yep, exactly. It's the whole West. But you just look at this team. You look at what they need from a production standpoint. Oh, it's right? been bad. I it's mean, like leader... Robert Thomas is carrying the mail for yep. points, but after that, Buchnevich, right, power play merchant. Um, and they're not scoring power play goals. Kyra, so Kyra. Didn't they say last night they have more uh, pe- penalty kill goals than power play goals? I don't know if that's them <laughs> or Pittsburgh. but Something yeah. like four for for. F- 40 or 30, Kevin, something. Kevin Hayes is on a half a point a game yeah. uh, pace. Uh, he is a plus eight. Or, uh, nope, sorry, plus two. So it's like, I don't know. It's just 
it's they're just they don't have enough to have as many passengers as it looks like they do. Saad yeah. twelve points in twenty eight games. That's not enough. Um, Tory Krug not really producing the power play. He's got to do better on that. Dude, neighbors has ten goals, one apple. He's yeah. coming for. Yeah. He tried to go for the Marchenko. The Marchenko, Marchenko will never be seen again. <laughs> <laughs> moving on, moving on from the St. Louis Blues to the Edmonton Edmonton Oilers. They're on a heater, eight in a row. Disposed of the Blackhawks four one last night. Had the parlay going, needed a Bedard goal, first thing that happens. Needed a Leon goal, puts it off of Zaitsev in front of the net. Jesus, Jack, we got to turn your volume down a bit, buddy. And only if Connor McJesus would feel like he wanted to put the puck in the net instead of setting everyone else on the ice, the parlay goes unanswered. As, as I needed McJesus just to score one, and it couldn't happen. So I'm, I'm a little salty, so I apologize for for blowing out the eardrums, <laughs> if that's what you – but this was one I was passionate about, and the thought was in the grasp, especially as – as Edmonton turned it on late in this one, but the Oilers have been—it's uh, been impressive since since Knobloch has taken over and and they've re-entered the chat. As Alex uh, <laughs> gave me the uh, the stern uh, correction that they're in a winning playoff percentage. Finally, they're one point out of the playoffs. They're game over five hundred, and they're sore, they're scorching uh, scorching hot as they continue their. Uh, their climb out of the cellar, and, and it's time to finally look at this Edmonton team and say, wow, when they're healthy, when they're rolling, they're rolling, and they're really rolling. And we saw it, I think, last Wednesday night, the boys went and got dinner, and we saw Win- or Edmonton oh. beat the piss out of Carolina. Dismantle. Um, and it was ugly. I mean, they scored their two fastest goals in uh, organization history with, uh, I think, two in the first 40 or 30 seconds. Uh, but the Oilers are rolling. They really are, and, and McJesus looks like McJesus. They still need to find a, a wing for, for Leon as they've got Connor Brown paired with him with no goals. And, man, did Connor Brown look good on the penalty kill, but that's about it. Uh, but yeah, he's, uh, got, he's got 20 games, no goals, one yep, assist. Yep, it's, it's been tough. It has, and there's no denying it. But the Edmonton Oilers are finally back in the conversation. Boys, we talked about them. We thought they were dead for the Pacific crown. It's it's still a conversation we might have, may not may not need it, as Vegas and L.A. look so – and Vancouver look so dominant. But – they're catching. They're surging. What do we think of the Edmonton Oilers? That's Army's pick for the cup, eh? It is, and, and they're good. I mean, like, I think we were concerned about them, and rightfully so. I mean, they were playing awful hockey, and there's still holes. Like, don't don't let the eight-game win streak fool you. But at the same time, like, looking at their, their stats this year, they have four guys over a point-of-game pace, and then they also have Nugent Hopkins, who's pretty much at a point-of-game place, mm-hmm. and Evander Kane, who's hovering right there, too. They just have so much firepower. They're tough. That Carolina game, Carolina didn't even get to play. I mean, it, w- it was just over because they, they capitalized on everything. And that is the type of skill that lets you rack up wins. You know, they didn't. They really didn't have to play that game. They put up four like it was nobody's business, and then they coasted for two periods and kept on putting them in. But, like, when you can do that, that's what makes you good. Because who knows? That could have been an off night for the Oilers if, if, that didn't, if those pucks didn't go in. You know, Carolina could have started rolling. Um yeah, at the end of the day, there's there's teams that play well and they cannot put it in the net. Being able to put pucks in the net really helps, um, and they yep. can do it in in a lot of ways. Bouchard <laughs> is putting up a ton of points. He finally is starting to look better. I still see positives out of Nurse. I thought he's had like I've watched him a little bit this week, and I see I just see good plays, and he'll never be the contract, but you know I don't feel like he's a good player. Darnell Nurse, you get pushed in front of the net, you look behind you, and and he's like, oh yeah, sorry. Like I don't feel like he's got that that grip. I uh, couldn't, couldn't disagree. You disagree? More. I, well, I just yeah, I, I saw I it last know. night in the 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 game versus the Hawks. So no, I, just, I just I just thought he was a little soft. But. His 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 effort and meanness level is elite. Okay. 
His problem is that he works hard, not smart sometimes. Right, right, yeah. And he runs around well, in the D zone trying to kill guys and gets out of position. It helps when you can finally turn to a little bit of reliability and net. And it hasn't been that Stuart Skinner, Skinner has been excellent, but he's rode this, Operational. He's They've gotten operational some operational exactly, goaltending. Exactly. And he's, he's played seven out of the eight, uh, eight game on this winning streak. Cal, Calvin? Cal? Cal Pickard? Yeah, Picard, Pick, yep. Yeah, Pickard picked, uh, picked up his first win in, like, the National Hockey League in, like, 10 years. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, yes, it's still a little bit of a conversation of, all right, what's going to happen with Jack Campbell? But I think Stuart Skinner is is you're starting to see maybe you just don't put the pressure of having two guys that could potentially be the one, and Skinner can roll with it. And you're starting to see some consistency in that for the Oilers, and that's – it's just helpful. Save, just save 90% of the pucks, and you're going to win a lot of yep. games with this team. That's, like, that's what we're asking for, like, maybe slightly above average goaltending. Yeah. Operational uh, goaltending is what yeah. they need. Um, you got something, Arm? Yeah, Sam Gagne is playing well. I gave him a shout-out, so I had to <laughs> circle he back on last that night. He just No, he's been playing solid hockey. My last point on Nurse, I think he's better than Ekholm, and I think so many people would disagree because the wow. contract gets in the way. Wow. Yeah, well, I, I, I disagree violently. Fine, but do you I have any game is. notes on, on Edmonton, or do you want to save him for loose change? Uh, I, 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 my, my point on Edmonton is I want to give credit to their leadership group. Um, obviously, it starts with McDavid, but he's not you know banging and screaming. It's, it's really just leading, leading by example. Um, Dreisaitl, Hyman. I'm glad you said Hyman. So Zach Hyman, to me, he's been – he's – kind of dragged the team into the fight through some of these doldrums. His game has been incredible. Um, there were a lot of questions when he signed that big ticket out in Edmonton, and it now looks like like a great steal. Um, the way he plays, I mean, he is awesome, and I don't think he gets nearly enough mm-hmm. credit. Um, and just, like, the fact that they went, th- went through what they went through, terrible goaltending, literally finding ways to lose games, like do, like dominating kind of time, uh, possession time shots how they did early coming up loss 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 and just stacking those like that is really really tough and all of the outside pressure Canadian market obviously the McDavid and Drysaddle contract situation thinking about roster construction all these big picture things um, the fact that they were able to just stick it out work it out basically play through it. Um, allow their goalies to just find a way to stop a couple pucks. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it's it's it, it's. I mean, it's 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 just it's great news for the National Hockey League that Edmonton has crawled out of the hole they dug for themselves. But that's really all they've done, right? They've just dug like themselves right back into the mix. Um, so I, I mean, we all consider them a top team in the league. Mm-hmm. So now it's they've got you know two thirds of the season to prove it. And I I, 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 I I'd, I'd be will. shocked if they don't. Yeah. They're, they're, well, now it's like. They're not a lock for the playoffs, but they're pretty close to it. Oh, Vegas, um, yeah, the, the they're nine Las games, Vegas. They're nine games. They're nine points behind uh, L.A. But, for the third seed of this division. So yeah, the, the division I think is out of the question. We talked about the division, and I think that's going to be a tough one. It's not impossible, but but when I say Vegas, yeah. I mean I mean the odds makers, not the yeah. Knights. Like the odds makers, it's it's bad odds betting against them making the playoffs, right? No, they're, they're going to they're they're make, make the playoffs, and they're a team you don't really want to play. Some people would say they're a team you want to play, but like it's scary. But especially the casual fans. Casual fans have rallied behind this concept that playoff hockey is playoff hockey is a different sport than the other things, and so we get a lot of casuals that tune in for the NHL playoffs, and I think that's terrific and awesome. It it's just great news for the for the NHL Mm -hmm. that that we aren't going to miss a year of 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 Edmonton, Leo, and uh, Connor. Oh, you hope not. And and I think this Edmonton team is is going to be searching at the deadline for someone that they could pair next to Drysaitel, and I think then you can really start looking at this team as a little bit scarier. (laughs) I don't know. No, it. I mean. It's Connor Brown and and, and probably Kane. they probably need a forward and a defenseman and a goalie. Yeah, but like so <laughs> yes. many teams need players. There's like yeah, three yeah. teams that don't. Yeah, but the fact that you're finally 
exiting potentially. You know, I'm not saying they're out of the conversation where they may not acquire a goalie, but when you can start moving on to potentially looking at the, the, the depth of the roster itself besides the goalie position, you're looking at better things and, and things are looking more promising up in Edmonton. 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 Apparently there is a, I did read a report that they have a plan to bring Jack Campbell back into the fold. Oh, and then he struggled. Apparently, then he had a bad game back in Bakersfield. I, I, don't, I don't blame him for the struggles in the AHL. That's got to be a horrible situation to be a goalie in. Like that's just awful. Dude. I mean, you're like one of the. You're a high paid goalie. Dude, goalies are freaking head cases, man. Mm-hmm. They're yeah, kickers. They're kickers. They're kickers. Moving on. Moving on from the surging yeah. Oilers to a uh, little bit of trouble down in Tampa. A little bit of trouble down in or up in Pittsburgh. It's uh, it's been a surprising start for both of these teams. You know, it, Tampa Bay Lightning, the most one of the most consistent organizations, as we've talked about a lot on this podcast. It is. Uh, it's been. It's been eye opening. You're. You're talking about potentially your captain, Steven Stamkos, leaving at maybe the deadline if this team's not in the hunt. But uh, it's. It's not seeming uh, to be positive in terms of a contract extension to keep Stamkos in. Uh, in Florida, I think if you're looking at the the taxes of the situation, he's in a perfect situation where he doesn't have to pay taxes. So, if he can stay there, I think money wise it makes sense. But uh, if he still has that drive, which he's still he still has the legs and still has some mileage left on. On that body, uh, Steven Stamkos could be out of, of the door in Tampa, and and uh, and so could John Cooper. Well, I think the not yet, but no. what what do we got on the Tampa Bay uh, Lightning? It's been a it's been a struggle. So we talked about him at the deadline last year with the Tanner Janot edition of like go in for the full grit mode, and we're like we kind of like this, but one of the downsides we thought is like you're paying a lot for grinders, guys that aren't going to contribute too much scoring. Um, in that case, it was paying a lot of assets, not paying a lot of salary. Yeah, exactly. But they're, they're, they invested in these grinding guys, and they have, and it's worked out in a lot of ways. Um, obviously, like Hagel turning out how he has, but it seems like they're chasing the Kaloran, the second coming of like Kaloran and Palat, really. Blake Coleman. I yeah, mean, they're, they're chasing there's, there's those guys, guys that are missing. But then you look at the lineup, and you're like, this lineup to score is reliant on like three to four guys, really, to put up a huge amount of points. And when they've been playing well this year, it's been Kucherov and Point, and you know some Hedman mixed in there and some Hagel. Uh, just putting up a ton. And, of course, Stamkos. The issue is the defensive core is pretty bad outside of Sergachev and uh, Hedman. It's just like there's not much. Uh, Sergachev kind of goes out to lunch every once in a while, too. Yeah, Who but does? Who does? Sergachev. No, Sergachev's a, an elite defensive in the NHL. He's good. I think he's an elite he second-liner. He's his moments. Uh, I'm, not de- I'm not debating that he's not a good player. I just think he has his moments where he checks out a little I bit. I think he's an elite number two defenseman in the yeah, NHL. It's fine. Well, I think he's a number two, elite three. Anyways, anyways, they give up a shit ton of goals. And part of this is they give up a ton of penalties. They take a ton of penalties. And this is the secondary like downside of having guys like Tanner Chanel, having Austin Watts in your lineup, having all these guys. A ton of penalty minutes come from these guys. That's just how they play. They play a physical brand. They're willing to hook. They're willing to take those boarding penalties, whatever it may be. If you can't, def- if you can't make up for the penalty minutes in killing power plays or in penalty kills, it's not going to work out that well. I'm concerned about this team. I don't know where they get better. Yeah. Uh, you could argue Vasilevsky plays better, but, like, he's playing okay, you know? I just don't think the defense is good. And you watch the games. They don't roll like they used to. <sighs> yep. When they get the power plays and they score them, they're going to win. And they can do that in any oh, game. Oh, that's you – know, you look at it. I mean, on the power play stats, they have the third best percentage in terms of penalty minutes. They lead, they're the fourth best – or fourth most in the league – Anaheim, surprisingly, uh, clear favorites of 366 to the 332 for Tampa. Um, you know, goal differential, you said it. I mean, they, they're in a negative 10 goal differential. I don't think you could have ever seen that from uh, from this Tampa Bay team in 
the last five years, and they, you know they they look like they're they're beatable. And uh, you saw that last year with uh, with Toronto. And yes, you thought it was a little bit of uh, they're banged up, and and but maybe the mileage is packed up on this team, and and they're starting to feel it. You know, I, the the mileage thing, it's not totally gone. I think it was more of a story last year. Um, to me, it, it's, it's it's this decor, man. They're, they're trotting out Calvin DeHaan every night to play defense. Mm. Um, you know, like they, they've found a way to navigate salary cap, obviously with their with their success the last handful of years. Um, and you know, after after Sergeyev and Hedman, it's real thin. Um, and you know, the, and, and Chernak, Chernak, yeah, Chernak, Chernak, and so Chernak. and so and so, what they basically are able to do, right, is like I think you know they're they're. What they basically are able to do is that it's a it's a Chernak Sergachev and then it's anybody with Hedman and Hedman can just cover up for a shitty defenseman, but then that third pairing sucks, and then you get to a playoff series and now you're trying to figure out all right are we going to lock something down are we going to expose Sergachev with a you know lesser D man are we going to load up Chernak and, and Hedman are we going to like and it's just like Ryan McDonough losing him in the off season and like all of the salary cap casualties. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's just a tough spot. Um, and you know, they, they're just like they, their team. I still think that their team plays like they, they're still a tough playoff matchup, especially with Vasilevsky and net the deadliness of the power play and Nikita Kucherov, who's leading the heart trophy by a mile easily right now. Um, and you know, it's like, these are, they've got a lot of playoff players, but you know, the thing about regular season is, Guys like Nick Paul, twelve points in thirty games. That's about what Nick we, Paul is. But we he looked about, great. To st- he looked great out of the gates. Totally. About. I mean, he had, yeah, yeah he's scoring half his shots. And Tanner Janot, same kind of production. That's kind of what but Tanner Janot is. My issue is they invest in all these guys. They have one line that can possess a puck. That's just what it is. They don't have anyone who, with skill that can play with Stamkos unless they want to break up that top line, which they don't want to do. They might. Their second right line right now is Nick Paul, Anthony Sorelli, and Michael Asimov. That's bad. That's not, not good. good. No, yeah, you're right. That's you're an right. okay third it line. It feels yeah. like it's a one injury to either those those top three D or that first line, and this team could really be in the cellar. Or not in the cellar. I think they might be without an injury. I think Stamkos might be traded. So what did I say at the start of the year when we got into our Jack Adams? I picked John Cooper. He did. Yes. And I'll tell you what, I think it's I think I I think that nomination is still alive. Okay. If this team pulls it back and shows what Tampa's done for but, the but my point on John Cooper, it goes back to my point on the Baruby firing. It's like we hype up these coaches and we give them all this credit, mm-hmm. but when the team starts to play poorly, how many coaches can really pull the right strings and change things? Everybody gave Cooper the credit when the team was buzzing as if he's this you know guru, and now it's his chance to prove it. And I bet that he would, but when you look at the role of coaching in the NHL, there's an argument to be had, and we'll see how it plays out, mm-hmm. that maybe the coach isn't so important, and maybe having the you know five Hall of Famers at the top of your lineup is really what, what keeps things going. So yeah. I think they're going to need some some heroics from Vasilevsky. Um, you got to remember, first two months, the guy was out of the sea, out for the year. For sure. Out He's got to find his sea legs, and yeah. I, I think I'd be really surprised if he didn't. Um, I'd be really surprised if he didn't, but um, – no, I mean it's just depth had been their calling card, and it, it's it's looking pretty shallow. I think preseason they survived in my head based on their aura and what they've done in the past couple of years. But now I look at the roster and I've watched them play a couple of times. I am not afraid of them anymore. You know, they they don't scare me. Holy cow! All right, so plus minus is not the tell all be all. You ready for the plus minus on this team? Let's hear it. Because they're slaying on the power play. Kucherov, forty-seven points in twenty-nine games. Dominating the Hart Trophy race, dash two. Braden Point, 32 and 30, dash 10. Victor Hedman, dash five. Hagel, my absolute boy, is a zero. He's an even. It's a circuit. Stamkos, 
26 points, 27 games, dash 15. Jesus. I don't blame him for that. Look at who he plays with. Sergachev, 18 points in 30 games, fine production, dash 15. Nick Paul, Goes out for lunch. dash 16. Um, you know, uh, the power play is what's keeping him alive right now. Yep. And also, there's good defensive players on this team. Being a good defensive player doesn't mean like that can mean if you can't get the puck in the ozone, you're defending the whole time. Yeah. I don't care how yeah. good you are. Like people forget possessing the puck and moving it up ice also helps it's with the like, Quinn the Hughes heronic thing. It's it's that exactly give like, and take. Quinn Hughes oh, could be good at defense because you're never in the offensive zone against them. You know, and you had the regression from the Panthers last year. You know, the Bruins obviously did what they did last year. They did what they they've done and jumped out to the lead that they have now. Toronto looks good. You know, this Reese. This Detroit Red Wings team and their hot start have made things. So it's a competitive Atlantic division that they've got to kind of climb back up. They still have 31 points, so they're still in the conversation, specifically a lot more than our next team we're going to talk about, and that is the Pittsburgh Penguins. Before we get to Pittsburgh, just on the Atlantic, there's not room for there's not room for both Tampa Bay and Ottawa in the playoff picture. <laughs> I would – well, we'll get to least change, but <laughs> – Ottawa's got a better roster is what I'll say. All right. All right. All right. Uh, sorry. Let's march on to the Penguins, eh? To the Penguins. And this has been a little a bit of a week. You saw Kyle Dubas hit the hit the uh, podium. Uh, podium, And he uh, kind of put in an expiration date on Mike Sullivan a little bit. And he's saying, you know, he's the right guy. But if, if things aren't changing by the All-Star break, we're going to have to take a look at what's going on. Finally, finally, and, uh, you know, it gave us a Tuesday night of hockey for this Pittsburgh Penguins power play to finally score two goals, and uh, and, and that's what happened. And, you know, what happens? They win the game 4-2 versus Arizona, and it, it was uh, – these are the stats that you would expect when you have one of the best lines in hockey with Crosby, uh, Rust, and Gensel. Leading the team in points, Gensel. Leading, yep, and you, you have the best line in hockey, but you're – Not the best line in hockey. One of the best lines in hockey, statistically, and then you look at it and where this team has been, it's 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 eye opening. And you know, we talk about Tampa, who's surviving for their power play. Pittsburgh has not been, and it's been you know where they brought in a hundred point defenseman and Eric Carlson to kind of sure things up, especially on the power play. That's not been the case, and it's been a big warning sign or a big uh, concerning sign for this Pittsburgh team as they try and climb themselves out of the Atlantic. Uh, Ross, what have you seen from the Penguins so far? Oldest roster in the league. Yep. Um, you know, Crosby's still doing his thing. Oh, he looks phenomenal. awesome. Um, but it, it's just, you know, it's it, it, they're just very average. Um, and I think that as a five-on-five team, they're a playoff team. Their special teams is a catastrophe. And that's where Sullivan is is in hot water. They need to fix that. They just need to. They, up until what you said, they scored two last night. Yep. They had given up more shorties than power play power plays, yeah. power play points. Yep. So they were a minus there, uh, which is just preposterous in the NHL today with the way the power plays are producing and also the freaking talent that they have that they put out there. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot has been made about you know Carlson and him fitting in when you have all these other guys that. It's like you have all these Hall of Fame players. The reason they're Hall of Fame players is because the puck lives on their stick. Right. There's only one puck. It's the old cliche. But they need to fix this. They need to fix their special teams or they're going to miss the playoffs and have to tear things down and deal with everything that they're going to. You know, they've been crawling on the edge of a cliff of a rebuild now for some time. Mm-hmm. Um, and last year missed the playoffs, and it's, you know. The last first year missing the playoffs, right? And so, like, that pressure ramps up. They bring in Carlson. That's a big move. You're, there's a lot of expectation. Five on five. The, the, they're not a bad hockey team. They're a playoff team. Yeah. Um, but 
now, I mean, we've we've covered some of the uh, some of the unexpected surprises in the Metro, right? Mm-hmm. Philly, Washington, teams that we had no hope for that are on hundred point paces, and it's not going to be an easy climb. Uh, you know, the the rest of this stretch, and I just I don't know. I I I can't remember. I don't know if you guys can. I can't remember a team that has turned around a power play and a penalty kill and like has turned around the special teams performance as significantly as Pittsburgh's going to need to in order to make the playoffs. Uh, looking at this Can you? Like can you can you imagine a midseason like can you think of a midseason turnaround on special teams that that a team did that was sig- as, as significant as what Pittsburgh needs to do? No, but I also have not seen a power play this bad with three Hall of Famers. Mm-hmm. Three uh, first ballot Hall of Famers. Um okay, Malkin, Crosby, Eric Carlson, Latang. Latang's getting in probably. But he's not on the first power play. No, they've been putting they, they put Carlson and uh and Latang okay, on the power so play. They could roster four. Plenty of Hall of Famers. But we're not, we're no, not doing to, to your point, I mean, even looking at the standings right now, they they sit at a plus eight goal differential and, and that's that's a positive and that speaks to their five on five play, but in terms of goals for, they have the fourth least in the Eastern Conference, and it, you know it, it speaks to their ability to put pucks in the net. And if you can't do it on the power play, you rely that much more on on even strength hockey, and that's where it's just kind of a crapshoot when it's five on five. If these teams have a similar or can line up um, and match you, so it's just you cannot be good without good special teams. They are you just, just can't old. Be. They're old. Yeah. Oh, I mean, old, it's the oldest the core in the all of North America sports, I believe. Maybe I mean no. Those four have played more games than any other core four in North American sports, yeah. including Wild. playoffs. I bet because they played a shitload of playoff games. Even, I, with, I, even I without playoffs, so, yeah. But oh, oh together, sport. together yeah. on the same team. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, yeah. it's yeah. it's it's eye opening. And and like uh, like I said, I know you walked out of the room. It, it, it's does this is this another one of the coaches that ends to fall up uh, victim, and, and that that could very Personally, possibly be. I think he's got to because if your power plays that bad with that much talent, that that's enough for me to say get lost. It just is, and they're good five on five, mm-hmm. as you guys were saying. They're good. Like they're yeah. not just not bad. They're good. Yeah, yeah. Um, they don't give up goals either. It's and fu- Jari's playing well. Like this is not how I thought this team would go. It, no. dude, I don't think anybody did. And it's funny because they're almost equal and opposite of Tampa. <laughs> and like the plus minus stat is flawed, and it's not great. But when you look at these two things, Tampa minus 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 minus. You look at right. Pittsburgh plus blah blah blah, and then I'm like, oh yeah, that's because the power play sucks and the penalty kills terrible. Mm-hmm. And it's like that. To me, you get a new coach and figure it out. Big time. You have to Big make a change. You just have to make a change. Well, and that, you, you need, that is coaching. But you need buy-in from those superstar dudes. Yeah. Sure. You, well, do, you, you know Crosby's bought in. I mean, you know Malkin's bought in. You're right. You're right. And you got to think that Crosby can like sit anybody in the room down and be like, hey, man, we've got – we're broken and we need to try new things. Oh. If that means you're getting less power play time, it means you're getting less power play time. On the on the positive front of having that conversation, everyone's already been paid. So it's not like yeah. these guys are fighting for contracts. Uh, um, if McDavid needs a new coach midseason, Crosby probably does too. I mean, yeah, but I'm telling you, I, I don't, I don't think, I don't think they're going to get the power play turn. I don't think they're going to turn things around as much as they need to in order to get there. I just don't. No, but if they do, I think this team's good. They even have the third line. I like mm-hmm. this is a Horna, Lars Eller, O'Connor. It's a good third. Like Lars Eller's really been good, good for them. Yeah, mm-hmm. so but again, I, that is not right. I mean, if they're a league, a- if they're a league average power play, I think they're squarely in the playoffs. Maybe in a division placement right now. Yeah, and they're not. Yeah, moving on from uh, wait from quickly. One thing, because this is the best face-off rate I've seen. Of course, it's Crosby. 360 to 241. Hold on. Dominance. Hold on. Hold on. 360 plus 241. Okay. Divided by three. Or 241 divided by three. No, That's 59%. 
yeah, pretty fucking top good. Of the league. No, I've I've got we got loose change coming. I know who's ahead of him. Okay, but All right. yeah, it's tough. You said five, it. Oh, you that's elite. That's elite. That's Bergeron numbers. You yeah. said it. We're moving to loose change. Our always weekly cover game recap of of the week in review, and the boys did their homework. Um, Ross, you've got your notes. I've got a few. Alex, I think you've got some. Who wants to lead us off? I I have game notes from Thursday of last week. So I mean, if we want to go. In terms of chronological, it's yeah, only yeah. Of, of a few games. If, if we can, um, I, again, I'm not leading the charge here on loose change. I, I think I'm, I might be, um, you know, the caboose as far as hockey watch the past week. But uh, I've got a little bit of a tangent here on loose change, which is the NHL Network showcase games of the week. <laughs> <sighs> Gary, 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 what are you doing with NHL Network? What is your objective of NHL Network? Like, what are you trying to it accomplish? Starts with the fact that the league doesn't own them. What are you trying? Who owns the NHL Network? MLB Network. There it is. Uh, th- this thing, it is. It, so, so are they sabotaging the NHL in the race for third. <laughs> so, so here's here's what they do with these showcase games. All right, they put them on NHL Network. So then, by broadcasting law, you can't get them on ESPN Plus, and you can't get them on the package. Mm-hmm. Um. And you can only get them in the local markets. So they choose these games. And what they do is they don't even send the broadcasters to the game. They broadcast it from Secaucus remote. And so it fucks up the entire audio of the call. It's also the third-rate crew with EJ Raddick and whoever else in there, Kevin Weeks, who, again, fine people. But it's awfully hard to call a hockey game when you're not in the building. It is a cheap-out disaster of a viewing experience um i happened to catch this you know bruins coyotes matinee game that was an nhl network showcase i just caught the tail end of it actually went and saw napoleon saturday morning which any good worthwhile worthwhile okay. um not my favorite the, rate, it, the reviews were a little weak on it, it didn't blow me out of the water worthwhile worthwhile some some just phoenix, phoenix was good well uh, yeah he's awesome but uh yeah. some immaculate uh large-scale pre-industrial battle scenes that rival nice. I mean, they're not Lord of the Rings level, but it's... I'm, I'm going to watch it then. That's, it, that's all the review I need. It's yeah. remnant of that, yeah. And uh, you know what? I don't want to hear any chirps, but the costumes are outstanding. <laughs> I'm going to leave it there with Napoleon talk. But uh, no, I just... These NHL showcase games, they suck. The MLB Network owning it, that's a problem. Whatever. They need to figure that out because honestly, like I think I love what they do with NHL on the fly. It's a good thing to have on. It's basically like NHL Red Zone any night. Um, it's fun. Yeah, it's good. It's that That's solid. But these showcase games are an absolute disaster. And like when they pick a good game to do that, they're ruining like great broadcast crews that know what's going on instead of putting these national guys on that just know the star players, screw up the numbers all the time, like aren't in the building. Like there's just zero investment. There's zero awareness. It's a bad product for the, for the consumer. So I'm off my... I'm off my soapbox on the showcase games, but the fact they call them show, it pisses me off too because it's really the opposite. But uh, anyway, on to loose change, boys. Who wants to lead us off? I'll go uh, I'll go with starting off with Washington and Dallas. So, Paulie, we were watching. It was a, a fun one. Dallas ended up having the backup in net for this one, but uh, I was very impressed. And it's always it's never a shocker when you see Pavelski, Rupe, and uh, – and, uh, Robo. Rob, Robo. It, it was an impressive uh, offensive possession. Joe Pavelski, what is he, 37, 38? Something like that. Yeah, oh, my other. God. Such an iron man. Just beautiful, beautiful. And then I loved the the combo of of Jamie Benn, Wyatt Johnson, and, and Daddy on the second line. It was impressive stuff. Mantha. Mantha, we talked about it uh, last week. He's a, he's a guy that's looked inspiring. And Mantha and, McMichael Protus. And, uh, and top the, third line in the league. And on the power play. Army, what's that stat? What's that stat that you had uh, with the screenshot of about it was like uh, per time on ice? 
Uh, expected goals. Expected goals versus expected goals allowed yeah. per time on ice. Yeah. McMichael, Protus, and Mantha right up there. Mm. Right up there and leading the charge in sample size because they played most of the year together. Other than other than Woody O'Connor and uh, Dude, Rusty, Colton. Rusty Colton. Before, uh, before we move on from the <laughs> – Dude, Rusty Colton's racking up pims. It's awesome. <laughs> before we move on from the Dallas-Washington game, uh, your refs – your refing <sighs> anger. They got into the way at the end of this one as uh, Washington had a little ozone possession. And I think it was uh, – or, sorry, Dallas had some O-line possession. And it was going to score And I think, four. Who's four on uh, – oh, uh, Heiskanen. Heiskanen knocks over Strom trying to fight for space. And they call it interference on Heiskanen. <sighs> it was a tough tough call in my opinion. I think it was just two guys fighting for, for position. And I thought it was just hockey play. Let it go. Uh, ends up putting Washington on the power play. Ovi. He's just not hitting from his spot right now. It, it's it's concerning. Hashtag Slovechkin. Yeah, you know, I mean, we said it last week, and it, it was surprising. Uh, first time I watched the shootout, Kuznetsov's move in the shootout. Oh my god, it's so, it's frustrating. I, I get the the frustration behind it. It's, uh, it is not good. How did he, how did he look during the game before the shootout? He looked okay, more involved than he had in the beginning of the year since he's been healthy scratch. I think he he, he needed it. I think he okay. said he, he said it was embarrassing, and it's I think it's. Been a little bit of a reset that they need. Do you guys remember how dominant he was Sick. in their in their playoff? But run? I, have, I have a point here. You're going to complain about the Kuznetsov shootout move when Patrick Kane was the first one to do that shit. No, I, I mean I don't I don't I don't think Kane. You know I, I think you should have a certain pace. I, there's nothing you can police about. That. Have you seen Have you seen him fully announce this? They're like because sometimes he'll speed up to grab the puck yep. and stop at the blue yep. line. Yep. And then it's like oh he's going fast this time, and then they're like oh no. Yep. <laughs> it's like of course he's not. But also, did you see the play behind the net? I don't know if this was this game, but it went viral because it's Kuznetsov essentially doing his shootout move, but he's just behind the net and nobody's pressuring him. And he's there for about 10 seconds, <laughs> uncontested, just waiting. And That's then he so turns, long. And turns it over. Yeah, yeah. No, but Washington would lose this one in the shootout, one nothing. Uh, Ovechkin would shoot, Strom would shoot, and Kuznetsov, 21. Is that Robo? Or yeah, is that that's Robo. Robo. Would, would have the one goal in the shootout. It was a shot. I love when people shoot on uh, on penalty shots. Yeah. I just I think it's a it keeps you know the goalie really ha- has no the clapper. I like the clapper. The clapper, the, the host of clapper from the top of the, the point or from the, the circles. Um, no, but uh, it was an interesting performance. Hadn't watched a lot of uh, of Washington. They're hanging in games. They're they're just fighting. And you talk about uh, Pittsburgh trying to hang on by a rope. I think you know yes, the stats are showing. I think you said earlier in the pod that they're still on a hundred point point pace. But I, I do get concerned that this this Capitals team is. Is gonna, they're just going to start, you know, they're outplaying their weaknesses at this point, but I think the weaknesses will start to show. All I got to say, all I got to say on that, Army, and it's not long, is like, I'm so impressed with them. They couldn't, like, they could not have forecast getting worse production mm-hmm. from their top end guys, yeah. and they are where they are. Yep. So I don't see that getting any worse. I don't think it can get any worse. So it I, can't, actually. I, I'm concerned that they're definitely going to be a playoff team. Well, they have, Which screws up all of our predictions. They Correct. have the lowest amount of goals in the league, the worst power play in the league, and they play good defense, obviously. <laughs> and Charlie Lindgren, I mean. <laughs> they play good defense, and they've had good goaltending. But it, like, I've said many times, you cannot win with like one of your special teams units being the worst in the league. Mm-hmm. They are doing that right now, and Ovechkin's there. Outlier. Uh, yeah, it, I, at this point, I wouldn't be surprised if they make the playoffs, but it's one of the most confusing teams I can remember what would at you, this what, point in the season. What would you do about Ovechkin in the power play? Would you try to teach an old dog new tricks? Like, would you get no. him out of his office? No. Do, do t- are teams still overplaying him? But that shouldn't matter because they've always done that. 
he's still well, getting, he's it still opens getting up, the shots. It opens shots. up other lanes for he's other still guys. still getting the shots. Like, it just always has. Like the, the idea that people are now adjusting to Ovechkin is crazy. No, it's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not suggesting that. I'm just thinking like – do you just do you just throw the whole drawn up Washington Capitals power play? Do you just throw that whole thing in the mixer and like maybe move Ovechkin over to his forehand side, not the one T? Maybe maybe put him net front. Or uh, with the bumper, he'd be uh, interesting in the bumper. <laughs> I don't know. I it's can't, not can't move. Him. You're, you're not really maybe maybe that would just make you worse in multiple places probably. Um, but I don't know. I, I I'm obviously not an NHL coach um, or power play specialist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, well, if it doesn't get turned around, they're gonna have to try something. Yeah, it depends what they try. Yeah. yeah. No, so I, I owed Washington a watching, and it was was surprised. Was surprised. Washington. Washington. Uh, the last note I have from that Thursday night was the battle of the first overall and the second overall of Leo Carlson and Bedard. Really quick before we leave the Caps, they're gonna move locations. They're yeah. gonna, they're yep, gonna they're move going out of the Virginia. Verizon Center. Yep, they're going to Virginia. Uh, yeah. And uh, uh, Wizards started the my the DC change. my DC contacts say it's been just degradation of the city, and the area around the Verizon Center is gnarly is and it? like Do horrid. They like the move and. Yeah, like it's being met with like apathy and inevitability how, because of how bad the neighborhood around there is becoming. They're going to be from downtown. It's a four mile move. Oh, Bat- yeah, Batman that's, was that's all not, over this. That's not bad. That's yeah, not bad yeah. Well, you say Virginia, right? That's like going to Wilmette. I right, mean, it's right. it's around the corner. Yep. No, I, I agree with you. Um, no, I, uh, I don't know any, I don't know. Sorry, I don't know anything about the facility in right, Northern Virginia. Right, 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 right. No, I think they, yeah. I couldn't tell you the first thing. I think about the it. practice facility is in Virginia. Okay, I want to say that it is. Um, it's probably a big development of like some big new super mall. Right, that's just a big get the sports book in there. Capitalist the mall, museum, the, yeah, the restaurants, all, right. all you know. It, it's a, ch- we're, a church we're to capitalism. Already. We're yeah. sold already. Um, right. Quickly. Peter Morazic, I think he'll be a target. I know he was he was a little shaky last night, but I think a team who needs goaltending potentially in Edmonton, if they want to shake things up, you you look at a Peter Morazic who's looked. I know you I know you've had your I experience. No, you're right. You're but right. But he's been freaking phenomenal. <laughs> I mean, right. he's the only reason that the Blackhawks are in any of these games. And if even if they're out of these games, he's still having thirty to forty shots a game, and he's saving thirty eight of them. So it's been impressive stuff from Peter mm-hmm. Morazic. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Troy Terry. I just wanted to say I know we've given Troy Terry a little bit of uh, some flack. I, I was impressed. I was impressed. I'm not ready to sell to say uh, he's certified, but I, I just was. I was. I was impressed by what he's his play player. was. He's a good player. He always has been a good player. So, but uh, that's what I've got from my Thursday night. Okay, I have a couple. Um, sorry, Ross. <laughs> the Senators are just completely dysfunctional as a team. I mean, I saw this stretch of play where they have this power play. And it's just it's 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 horrible. Um, I like there was no chance created, and I understand power plays like that happen. But they had the puck in the zone the whole time, and they just didn't do anything with it. Uh, it didn't seem like anyone was moving. Like it just looked awful. Mm-hmm. And they have, again, way too much talent to be playing that way. Common theme with this team. <laughs> then they go give up a shorthanded goal. It's like okay, great. Now you go down. Next shift, Chikrin changes when the puck's coming at him, and the guy who comes on, I don't know who it was, but the other defenseman comes on behind the play, and it's a 2-on-0, go down and score. And it's like, what is, what is going on here? <laughs> like, that's, like how, do you, how do you hop off the boards when there's a 2-on-1? Like you're in an active 2-on-1, and you hop off. Going to have to freeze frame that YouTube for your facial expression. There. It, that it was, was just awful. Uh, then we have a couple other things. Kachetkov in this game had a crazy pad-stacking save, which then was followed. I wasn't watching this live. But when it's four nothing and Carolina's running them over, they get a penalty shot. Brady Kachuk goes down full steam, like he's flying in. Kachekov comes out, stacks the pads, flying poke, sends him flying. Brady gets all mad, and I, I loved pr- it. I praised I Brady last it. time, 
I hated this from Brady. Well, now, now this is kind of becoming the sense. They get in so many feisty games, and they cry, and they cry, and they cry. So, And they're not good enough to be crying this much. So, like, complain and fight and, and like, make a big stinky ass. But they don't cry quite like the Hughes sisters. <laughs> no, but they, they – Really, Jack Hughes. Jack is really the whiner. These, they get in all of these chippy games because they just can't they, – they clearly cannot – Handle any adversity in the game. No, they can't take a hit. They just can't. They can't take a hit and say nice hit and move on. Totally. And, and the Brady bad look for Brady on that. Yes. It's like number one. It's like all right, Pick dude. Your head up, buddy. Yeah. Yep. It's like you're. You a chose very, to come in at 100 it, miles per hour. And right? you're a very skilled player. Like, look at the goalie. Don't look at the puck. And he got the puck. He got the puck. Like at that point, I mean, he, he did. He did throw his stick right into his feet, and, and he, he got, got the, puck. the puck. He got the puck with like his blocker. <laughs> I don't. So I don't, don't hate it. If you have your head up. You go right around them. Hey, and it's an easy tapping. So yep. um, no, I mean to the sense point. It, yes, there's been their close games, and you know, <laughs> Brady did wipe out and fly into the board. Yeah, but you know. he's coming in a yep. million miles an hour. I mean, yeah, be ready, be it's, ready. I agree, I agree. It's a story of are they're either going to kick, you know, they, the, this week a five-one win versus Detroit, four-three uh, loss in a close one versus Maple, uh, Toronto, six-two uh, beating over the Rangers. 4-1 loss to Carolina last night. You know, it's it seemingly either they're going to blow you out or they're going to get blown out, and then they rough it up. But, um, you know, you look at this lineup. You look at the roster. But and it's, I, I just it's, don't see mentality on this team. I don't see mentality anywhere. So there's another guy. I, you know what might be a good move? Fire DJ Smith. They've talked, it's, they it's actually just brought close. in Bring someone. in Barube? They brought in, uh, I don't remember his name, but they I don't know, hired I feel, I feel like Barube and Smith are kind of the same guy. Well, and, and you have uh, Alfredson who's in there. And yeah. Alfredson was coaching over in Sweden, and then they brought him in. And I don't know if Alfredson wants to coach, but there's a few guys. Isn't Alfredson more on the on the no, GM is, on the is, GM? But they trajectory. did just hire someone as a senior assistant to the coaching staff. Who I can't remember. Oh, his Jacques Lemaire. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's they, right. They, they, they got they, so old school Jacques Lemaire. Do you guys I, remember Jacques Lemaire? No. no. He is a funny looking dude. Um, his ears are longer than his face is tall. That's cool. Um, <laughs> that's cool. He, he's got a little bit of a gremlin look to him, but he's like this old school. Uh, Quebecois, Frenchy, um, who he was the coach there for a number of years when they were really good, um, you know, around the core, Alfredson, Hosa, Heatley, Spezza, um, like those, those core teams, Chris Phillips, right? The, the team that ultimately Wade lost, the, um, Wade Redden, Wade the Blade, uh, Chara, the, the, that team that ultimately lost to, uh, Anaheim in the, uh, 07 mm-hmm. final. But, um, Jacques Lemaire, I mean, he's an old school defensive mm-hmm. mind, but he's also fucking ancient. I don't know if he could be he's anything 70s. more than an, no, in, yeah, than he's an interim 71, coach. I think, at this yeah. point. Yeah. Uh, uh, no, yeah. I don't DJ know, dude. Smith. There's somebody else on the centers. But to your point, though, like about, like, like I think Giroux is playing a really important role, keeping mm-hmm. things together, but it's like, to, to Arm's point, they're not showing the stick no. together, the fight through adversity, and they can't stack these wins together. It's one step forward, two steps back. That's been, it's been the story for three, also, through 25 games. I've Big sample size a now. good amount now. They don't seem like they play great team hockey ever. They're not very And they have great individual plays that work. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't see, like, consistent good puck movement from this team ever. Um some pretty epic passing uh, through, through the neutral zone. They have these moments. Sanderson, they have these moments. Chikrin, those are some stretch passers, man. It just, I, I, don't, I haven't seen it put together once this year, and All I've right. seen them have big games, you know? Um, <sighs> we'll see. I, 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 I think you're, you're, if you can unlock Stutzel, Norris is starting. Unlock Stutzel? Isn't he performing? He, he, he is, like hundred, but, he's, but like he, these guys have put up points. It hasn't, in been, this it hasn't been what he was producing last year. Norris, I, just, I think there's talent there that, that this team could unlock, and, and if they – 
they put a little more discipline together, and maybe that is a, a changing of the guard with DJ Smith, who they brought in this year. We'll see what happens with the I Ottawa Senators. Moving on. Do you think? Do you think? Do you think Barube is a fit there behind the bench? I don't know. Yeah. I don't think right away. I, I think anyone would be a fit there at this point right now. I, they just need a changeup. Like, oh, really, and Corpusalo has not been good, so it's just. Yeah, but like some of these goals that like are he hasn't been good, but also it's like they have defensive breakdowns. Yeah, they, right. they, they don't play well. Yeah, oftentimes. I hear, I hear. Um, so I, you know, I blame some of it that on him. But keep it firing, him. boys. Keep it firing. Where on the other going? end of the game, Carolina looked great. Um, <laughs> First time all year. It's another team that's, that's actually, been up and down. It's actually not true, and we'll we'll get to the Saturday picks. But I, I think they actually have looked good every time I've watched them. They outshoot a lot of teams. They play like their metrics are very good in terms of chance creation. They create a lot of chances. My issue with Carolina is going to be their issue for a long time. They have the two – their two biggest issues are the two hardest things to solve. One, good goaltending. Two, putting the puck in the back of the net. Sounds like they're, they're bad at both. Sounds like Freddie Anderson's done for the year. I don't think – that's tough, but, like, he wasn't good either. Um, <laughs> I know. I get it, but that, that that was their number one. I just I just don't understand what – like, how do you – they have a good team. Like, there's a lot of really good players on that team. Um, and they play good hockey. And they're balanced. And they're, they're – They're like they're, a really good team. core – they're or, really good team. Like, nobody Orlov, can see Orlov's, Orlov's been pretty tough. Talking about a team that just came off of a four-game losing streak, and they I hear you. I every hear you. one I of those just, games, I think, though. Like, I they think, dominated every one of those games. I think Carolina's answer, Oilers. as much as Rob the Bod is 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 desired, Rod with a D. I, I think you got to move on from Brendan Moore. <laughs> no chance. Worst take of the pod. No chance. Worst take of the pod. I think he takes too much. Takes he's he's on he's on an expiring contract this year. So we'll see what ends up happening. I think they should re-sign him. I think they play great hockey. So I get it, but I think he takes too much of the spotlight. So two things. He tries and keeps his name. Who else would you rather have in the spotlight on that team? Pick a player. The goaltending. What about Tuvo? I just think you need I think you need someone who underperforming. More of an authority. So Jack. Jack. I listen. I, I hear the take. It's just unrealistic because Rod the Bot is like he is the organization. They're gonna mm-hmm. he's gonna no, coach up for twenty five years. I get it. Um, well, we'll see. I mean, he is on an expiring deal. Uh, they're gonna figure it out. I, I, I'd be and, and I'm, they listen, play good hockey and I watch them play. I know. And Rod Brindamore's like historical, just like bitching and like media and like complaining about ref stuff and like I, there's nobody I'd rather like I, I would have I would rather enjoy seeing Rod the Bot get canned. It's just not gonna happen. Um, but let me just say this about Carolina, okay? I had my – you guys laughed at my Bruins poll. Would you prefer take the wins or more adversity? Carolina has been, from beginning to end of the, each of the past four seasons, they've been one of the top teams in the league. They've been one of the most consistent teams in the league. They've found ways to win, constantly, constantly, constantly winning and playing the same style all the time. They're hitting their rough patches right now. They're, you know, they're treading water. They're, they're in the mix. They're not, you know, they're not digging a real hole for themselves. This could be a good thing for them. This could be a good thing finding sure. finding more creative, different ways to score, um, finding ways to clamp down further on defense and, and don't not letting goaltending kind of ruin their chances, finding ways to make up for uh, what they're not getting all the way around. This could be a good thing for them because their playoff track record is you play well, you play well, you play well, you can't get out of the East. And yeah. I don't know. Maybe, maybe this is a good thing for them. Maybe – you know, maybe the rest of the year and how the roster looks and changes, et cetera. Like maybe this is the maybe this is the formula for something different at the end of the year. Yeah, and they're they're good. And the other thing, Sveshnikov is is not he's not back yet. You know, he's playing, but like he's not fully no, coming yet. back from an ACL. It, that takes some time. Yeah, and then he just got dinged up the other day on like an upper. Like he got cross checked in the back and it dinged him up. You know. Oh, um, but if this you, team's good. If you're Carolina, you got to love the fact that you got to just jump Washington. Who you know, I think they're a better team than Washington. Uh, Detroit is seemingly. I think they'll find their game again, but wrong division. 
No, I'm looking at the wild card. I think Carolina should make the playoffs. They should you be the top so. three in, the, think so. in the Metro. Oh. I, I think they're going to make the playoffs. I'm not worried about them. Them right. passing New York Islanders and the Flyers is very realistic. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the Islanders, yeah. I think and so. also, like, the goaltending has been like probably the worst in the league. It's going to get a little bit better. These guys aren't off. Like, Ranta's not good, but he's not horrible. Kachetkov's not horrible. Like, right now they are, but, like, you know, they're going to be okay. All right. Fair. We're past Last the Canes. We're on the Canes. No, 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 no. Oh, no, last no. game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. No, last thought. This was from last night. Sif, enjoy this while it lasts. Uh, Bedard's nuts, man. I mean, he's he's unbelievable. <laughs> he he he's so good. That it's, that it's, goal. It's and you said you said he made Eckholm look bad last night on that goal. I, Absolutely I, I, not. I, I don't I know what Eckholm could have done. Personally, I think he made Bouchard look bad because Bouchard was kind of hung. He was out, out of his face. He, he was, was out, out of position. Out of position but, yeah. Uh, the quick, the quick move and just roofing it. I mean, that's that's a low percentage shot for a lot of people. He he made it the jump easy. off of his stick is it's ridiculous. And, like, and it, at it really this point, is. like my my new assessment is like he's clearly not a bust. He's clearly a superstar. Is he going to be the best player in the league in five years? That's like the question. That's like that's the as soon worried. as McDavid trails off. Yeah, I get like worried about the size, but I I I think why? This, well, I mean, just, you've seen him produce with with nobody he's around. Still, him. You, if you watched, continue to watch the game, which I don't know if you did. He's still getting thrown around a little bit. And he's eighteen. He's eighteen. I know. He's, he's going for forty goals. He's going to be a he's going to be a monster. I think a hundred points. If if he doesn't score a hundred twenty next home. Oh Jesus! Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that'd be ridiculous. But yeah. If he doesn't score 120 in his career one time, that's a disappointment at this point. I'd be shocked. Uh, yeah. he's, he's gonna be a monster. So, um, I mean, he's 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 borderline must watch. If the Hawks were so shit, uh, <laughs> it gave him a little bit more opportunity to play. Without a Seth Jones in the lineup last night, do you think Edmonton looked that they looked good when they turned it on? I think towards the end of that first period, but the Hawks did a decent job for being. You know, they had four guys that have played 100 career games, and it no, was. I mean, they're they're not supposed to be good, and there's just not really any playmakers on the team. I thought Vlasic looked okay. Vlasic, I like Vlasic a lot. Vlasic had a nasty setup for Bedard's goal. He found yeah, him a on a stretch pass. pass. Vlasic's a find. Was he a yeah. second round pick? Something like that. He looks he's good. A, he's, he's a, a local he's, boy. He's huge. He moves really well. The only yeah. concern with Vlasic is just stay away from a huge contract. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's, like that's that's really <laughs> it. He's going to be a good player. That's fair. I don't think he's a number one. Yeah, but he could be of it. I don't know. I'm not going to lie. As far as like this season and how teams have been performing and how everything's going, I th- I think the Blackhawks are having the best season of any team in the NHL based on what they're trying Their to achieve. Yeah. No, I mean Mick, no, Mick. no, 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 no. Based on what they're trying to achieve. Uh, if they get the first pick, yeah. Bedard looks great, Jeez. and they're last in the league. And that, Felino at four million dollars might be a trade deadline target. One hundred percent. I mean, they, I think they brought in. We talked about this in preseason, right? They brought in Felino and Perry to dump mm-hmm. them at the deadline. I think, and to be like and a couple like, games of advice, and to be oh, and to be, and to be like father Bedard, figures. Bedard and Felino, they've come close. They've become close. Yeah, what you like to see. It's a good leader to to learn from. They wanted father figures. They wanted yep. father figures yep. in the locker room. Lucas Reichel has been a disaster. That's the big where Hawks yeah, were really were hoping. You don't notice him. At no, all. he's he just has no confidence. Is this he's young. Guys develop. Well, he's probably fourth or fourth year out of the draft. I think second year in the league. In the league, third yeah, year, third year is a big jump here yeah, for guys like that. He's, he's probably so. moving on. Moving on from the, the the painful Blackhawks. Let's go. Keep it going. All right, Rusty's loose change. Um, really quick, Slavkovsky. I buried him. Uh, shootout game winner. Uh, immediately following. How are you? Um, we just gave Jack credit about uh, you know to get him all excited about Connor Bedard. My favorite sequence: uh, St. Louis, Detroit, um, power play situation. Puck comes over to Kane. And I thought it was just a bouncing puck over to Kane on the half wall, left shot. 
I thought it was a dog shit effort by Kane to go for that bouncing loose puck and Marco Scandella beat him to the puck, took it all the way down the ice and scored a shorthanded backhand beauty. I thought that was an embarrassing play by Kane. Um, just going to say that. Any comments? No, it was a bad effort. I don't think he had any chance Doesn't. catching him, but it was a bad effort. Not of catching him from behind, get, but of like, competing that for the puck, puck yeah. or getting in the way. He, he could have done a bit more. Doesn't um, surprise me. That's what I'll chalk it up as. Yeah, I'm not, the reason I, I – it's Patrick Kane. It was a losing play from a winning player, so that but I just wanted to call He's done that as a winning player. It's true. It's true. It's true. Uh, Bruins, uh, let's see. Quick Bruins recap. Uh, dog shit game in Buffalo. I did not see it, um, but I was talking to my old man, and he said, it, not that he's a podcast guest, but they were just getting dominated outshot early, and that seemed to continue throughout the game. They lose to Buffalo, who was, I think, hungry, coming off of a losing streak Thursday night last week. Takeaway from that game, Charlie McAvoy gets injured. Uh, Charlie McAvoy's had a couple concussion problems, and this play that McAvoy got hurt on, okay, you guys know me as well as anybody as a hockey fan. Am I a bleeding heart crying, the Bruins are getting screwed. Is everybody screwing the Bruins? Or am I pretty honest about like when they suck and they deserve it? I would say you're a better mass hole. Am I a crybaby fan? No, well, about winning, yeah. But that's about it. They need to stop winning. Yeah. You do cry a lot about those wins. (laughs) So this play... Charlie McAvoy and this Paterka, Paterka on uh, on JJ on Buffalo, Paterka. who I like mostly what I've Good seen player. from him playing. This sequence is preposterous, and the fact that there's been no conversation about supplemental discipline is shocking to me. McAvoy comes over to play Paterka. The puck's coming up on the sidewall. Paterka and, and McAvoy are both skating to the puck. Neither one's touched the puck, right? So neither player has been a puck possession guy. Paterka never touches the puck. He veers away from the puck and reverse checks McAvoy high and with an elbow to the face. Yeah, I, I saw the play, and I, I didn't say it because you showed it to me. I had instant thought on this. Uh, McAvoy has earned that play through many times of him being the initiator of contact in places that were not warranted. McAvoy has earned that reverse hit. I feel no sympathy. That's, I, the, that's I, the type of game he plays. It's, he initiated the contact. I get if you want to He didn't initiate the contact in this play. No, I know. No, but it, I'm saying Paterka. To did. your point of yeah. Baron, Baron not being prepared for contact, Paterka, you know, yes, he got an elbow, but. Baron had the puck. I, I, I understand it. I understand what you're Paterka saying. Paterka didn't even have the puck. You can't throw a reverse check when you don't have the puck. That's just interference. McAvoy I, has Do been I think it was interference? Like do I think it was interference? Yes. But do, it. Was it contact to the head? I'm going to quote the player safety assholes when they send the <laughs> Thursday night in Buffalo. No, they've stopped doing it. It's a, it's a shame. Anyway, that was fucking dog shit, all right? And I didn't watch the game, so I can't talk about any kind of a response and this and that, but that was fucking bullshit. And I think that's exactly the kind of thing that he should, he should get a game for that, for sure. He absolutely should. And McAvoy's got a little bit of a, of a kind of concussion history thing, and that's like the one thing that could derail his career. And I'm not saying it's going to derail his career, and I'm not having a huge moment here, but I saw that clip. I saw that he was hurt, and then I looked up the clip, and... That one really pisses me off. They're playing New Jersey tonight. They're without Zaka. They're without McAvoy. Of course, they'll probably win the game. Um, but, like, those are their two most valuable players right now outside of Pasternak, who 
Jesus is right behind fucking uh, Kucherov in the no, race. No, I, I hear but, the anger. I hear the anger on it. I, I think this I think is you're chalked up. I think McAvoy's done this. This is place. chalked up as uh, to me. I get it. The head contact. There is no arguing that. If, if this head, was the NC, if this was the NCAA, he would have been tossed for targeting. There's no question about it. But I think chalking it up as the fa- again. I know I hate to do it, but as the fastest sport on earth, I, I chalk it up as one of those. Yeah, it's I'm just saying. Shoulder to the face. It's not a hockey play. I hear you. I hear I've you. Seen, no, I, I'm, I'm not on that. Whatever. Uh, this one really pissed me off. I thought it was complete bullshit. Uh, final Bruins note, just the sleeper matinee against the Coyotes. I, again, I went and saw Napoleon. I come back for the third period. Even EJ Raddick in fucking weeks are like, yeah, it's been a weird game down there in the matinee. I mean, you have fucking Arizona coming across the country. They play a game at <laughs> 1 o'clock Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific. It's like, what are we fucking doing here, schedulers? They were on an East Coast trip at least. Whatever. Uh, Pasternak falls ass backwards into two goals. How are you? All right, moving on. Toronto, New York Rangers. Uh, appointment viewing for me yesterday. Uh, I, I tuned into that one. A um, couple game notes from this one. Um, Austin Matthews. I've heard a lot about his defensive game, and I've been trying to keep an eye on that because he jumps off the sheet so much when he's playing offense. He does a really good job with his uh, f- like foot and uh, skate positioning in the D zone when he pressures the point. I've noticed uh, he just you know he's a big dude, and he just he does a great job of denying lanes to the defenders. Wanted to give him a shout out for that. Who's uh, you were talking about Crosby? Fifty nine point nine 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 percent in the draw. Mm-hmm. All right, trivia: Who's leading the NHL in faceoff percentage? I have no idea where to start on that one. Any guesses? No. All right, so I haven't watched a ton of Rangers, and uh, and I'm I'm watching this clip, and the broadcaster uh, points out Vinny Trocheck is taking a faceoff. Wow, he's taking a faceoff ambidextrously. He goes right. Well, I've seen this. I've seen this. You have no. I've seen it on the beer leagues that these guys they, they switch hands, so it's on their you're on your forehand. Have you seen it in the yeah. NHL? Uh, yes, a little bit, but not to an anyone effective. come to mind. It's something no. that's developed in the last year or two. All right, so years. I just want to walk you through my thought process because I haven't watched a ton, a ton of Rangers, um, and so I hear that Trocheck's taking draws with both hands, and I'm thinking my first thought is, and I'd seen him in a couple shifts, and like he he got beat, he got beat on some goal, and he you know made a kind of a bad offensive zone play. And I, I see the year that he's going both hands in faceoffs. I'm thinking to myself, well, fuck, Trocek must be really struggling. He's, he's, he's trying to do anything to stay in the lineup. Uh, look it up. Yeah, he happens to be leading the NHL in faceoffs <laughs> and second on the team in points behind only Panarin. Um, he's having a hell of a year. He's always been a player I've loved. Um, he's, on, he's tracking for a career high in points. Um, you know, he was a real – he fucking killed the Bruins in that uh, Carolina playoff series. Uh, but he's awesome. And the fact that he's taking draws both sides and he's he's at a 63.6% clip, Jesus. That Crazy. that's like historic. They put up a, they put up a grid. It's like since the 0405 lockout, only like two or three guys have been higher than that. Um, so that was interesting. We talked a lot today about players defending themselves and about you know players being aware that it's a collision sport. Um, not Charlie Lindgren, his brother Ryan Lindgren, right? The D partner for Adam Fox. But Ryan Lindgren plays a heavy game, right? He's a physical guy. He's not the biggest, but he's very stout, and he plays physical, and he'll light you up if he gets a chance. Carries a puck into the freaking O-zone, makes a pass, and looks over his shoulder. Buddy. 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 No better. And Fuck did Jake Bean make him make him have it? I love that. That was one that was of the nice one of the hardest, cleanest checks out there. And you know what I loved the most about it, honestly? Lindgren popped right up, got to his position. It was a clean check. You know, nobody got hurt, and there wasn't a fucking yard sale pillow fight little reaction to it. Right? We just kept playing hockey. I that, that, that was that was refreshing. Um, last point, fucking Panarin. Uh, Panarin, a couple D zone plays by Panarin. Holy shit! Just. T- 
terrible. Just just god-awful, like blind saucer passes right up the middle. Neither one ended up back in the net, but I saw him make three of those, and I was just like, dude, what the fuck? So I look him up, 38 points in 26 games, dash one, on a, on a great defensive team and with the best goalie. Like, come on, man. Um, all right. Anything on Toronto and Rangers you guys have before I keep moving? Keep it rolling. All right. Caught a little bit of the late game. In fairness, I, you know, I, I totally passed out and slept through like the second and third period, but I caught a little bit of Tampa Bay, Vancouver. Fuck am I watching a lot of Vancouver these days, boys? Uh, <laughs> it's because they're always last at night. I know. Tyler Myers and Zadorov are out there. All right. Still? They're out there. Army. Myers and Zadorov, uh, and who's coming? In? It's it's sort of a four on three with uh, Sergachev joining the rush. So it's a four on three. It's the two of them back there with whoever was playing center, and and um, Hagel Hagel peels up at the top of the circle, and Zadorov just gets completely lost in no man's land, and he like kind of stops skating to the net, and he like he's like an arm's reach but still too far away, and just basically takes himself completely out of the play. And then just this tic-tac-toe, Hagel to Sergachev to point on the back door, all in the space that Zadorov completely um, vacated in, in getting completely out of position. A little bit more evidence they need to figure it out. That was it, was it was Honestly, it was just shocking to see an NHL defenseman. Who, and I like Zadorov. I'm a Zadorov guy. And he's on a new team. And like there are a lot of reasons that this isn't who he is. Yeah. But it was shocking on one play to see a player like him get into no man's land quite like that. It was just, it was, it was as bad as it gets. Final points. Um, the, the grind line with Vancouver, um, with Joshua, Bluger, and Garland. I know they want more points out of Garland for the contract he's on, and he might be a trade chip because of the bad kind of value for, for point production. But that's a fucking hard-working, hard-checking yeah. line. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think. Vancouver needs that. Um, so I, I really liked what I saw of that line. Your thoughts on that line before I get to my last point. Garland, a guy who has some speed. I saw him, uh, I think, at, towards the middle of that game. He carried the puck. I, I think he's just an untapped potential that if, if you he can. He wants to be traded, too. He, sure did request, he did request a trade in the early in the year. And, you know, I think seeing how Vancouver's responded this year it may have changed his thoughts. But the train might move with him or may move without him. And I really like Garland, the player. I, I do. It's just he was he was buried in Arizona. It was it was tough. It was tough. And he but you finally... know what? He, he got a ticket, right? Yeah. So yes, no he crying. Did. He'll yes, figure he it out. He'll um, still get paid. I'm sure he'll figure it out. Last point. Uh, Quinn Hughes. Quinn Hughes breaks his stick in the D zone. Skates right to the bench for a new stick. I like that play for Quinn Hughes. I don't like that play generally speaking. The puck? In his own D zone. Not for everybody, but for Quinn Hughes. What is Quinn Hughes bringing to the table without a stick? Nothing. Yeah, not much. Absolutely so not. that was something that was it, it breaks a lot of sort of hockey orthodoxies, mm-hmm. but I saw that and I, I saw that and I started processing it as as it was happening. Got away with it this time. Um, I saw it as it was happening, and then you know as, as the play got out of the zone, I thought to myself, I was like, "That's just the right play. He can get to the bench and back in about two and a half seconds." Yeah. Um, and yeah, he's exposing the team, but he's exposing him for two and a half seconds, not twenty five. Yeah. So um, that was a little bit of a learning moment for me in thinking about you know these new players and. Um, just how how some of the things that are hockey orthodoxies are being changed and evolving um, with the just tremendous skill and the different types of mm-hmm. athletes and players that are playing. That's mm-hmm. it's the end of my loose change, boys. Got any final thoughts? No, an eventful week. Yeah. 
yeah, no, no doubt about, no doubt about it. I mean, the league has some things they need to handle, and uh, but uh, no, the fact is, it's been exciting hockey, and it's continuing on, and we can't wait, can't wait to watch more on another exciting week. We get the Dubis return in Mont- or in Toronto. You know, I know uh, he's already said he won't file any or won't won't do any media. I, it's just I, I'm excited. I think there's storylines always to be had, so there's always storylines for us to talk about, which is always making our lives a little easier. That's you, another. You, you've really come to love the Toronto fucking soap opera. I do. Huh? I do. I, I really do. Honestly, me too. I just I, I just try I'm not to talk about it on the pod. I'm all for it. I'm all for it. I know. I hear you. I, I still think it's fun. Fun appointment. It's not appointment viewing. Listening. Yeah. yeah. It's fun to. Uh, Dubis in, in, in Toronto. He's going to get some booze. But. Shout out. Yeah. If you like sports talk radio and you like hockey, shout out Kipper and Bourne. It's a radio the show. The real Kipper and Bourne. It's, show. A, it's, a, it's, a, it's a radio show in Toronto that does an hour yeah. on the Leafs and an hour on the National every single day. Um, I, we get a lot of our material from it. I'm uh, just in the interest of full disclosure, um, but it, it brings a little bit of that local sports talk thing, which is one of my favorite things yep. going. Um, and it's all hockey, so it's I I recommend it. It's two hours a day, um, mm-hmm. and they bang your head against topics sometimes. That's what you do when you have hours to kill on the radio every day. Yep. Um, so come to Slot Shot for your weekly needs, but for your daily fix, I, that that would be my leading. Record. I would agree with that. I would absolutely I would endorse that. Uh, moving on from Loose Change, another great Loose Change, and hope you guys listened to that one and enjoyed it. If you've got any thoughts, if you've got any comments, hit our slot shot at gmail.com. We find hit, a couple quarters in the Loose hit, Change? Hit, hit, uh, hit us up in the mailbag. We'll, if we're not covering your team, let us know. We'll, we'll make sure it's, uh, it's on our viewing list, and, and we'll be happy to talk about it more. Uh, moving on, moving on. I've got to ask because I wanted to make sure he has not been taken before. I know Delorier has been of Edmonton, or how do you say it? Edmonton? Edmonton? Edmonton. No, Day in Edmonton has been picked. So I'm picking Nicholas Delorier of Philadelphia, unless I think, I don't know if he's been on the list before, but I don't think so. the 32 year old from Quebec, uh, 6'1, 218, big penalty guy, big rough grinder for John to, or for Torts in the Flyers. He's a guy who's on uh, probably on the final legs of his NHL career, but a guy who's always been a tough force on the, the Philadelphia lineup. So Nick Delorier is my pick this week. I haven't watched him play. He did have 306 hits last year. He's already got 71 this year in 28 games. So the numbers add up. Two and a, a half bit a more game. on the on the sheet. Two and a half a game. He's got a big season going. Three points, all assists, probably secondary. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I I don't have I haven't watched him enough to to notice him yet. So I'll take that as a compliment. Yeah. <laughs> I need to I need to turn on a Flyers game and close my eyes. No, I, I know some Flyers. I need some Flyers watching. There's, there's no question about that. What do you think of the pick? You're quiet. I love Delorier. He's one of the last heavyweights um, of a dying breed. Uh, you guys, I'm a little shocked, Army, that he's not on your radar. Been on my radar for a number of years. He's been a real. What is name? He's a real classic knuckle dragger. He's led the league in fight in uh, fighting majors a number of times. Um, he was playing in um, Phoenix for a while, and uh, basically not he, Phoenix. There's uh, Buffalo, Montreal, Anaheim, and Minnesota for a year. Never Phoenix. Never Phoenix. Fuck me. Yeah, sorry. Delorier, Delorier, Anaheim. I'm thinking of his time in Anaheim. That um, makes more sense. And so he was he was a fighter, and that's yeah. obviously gone away. But he really kind of dedicated himself. Is skating and focusing and learning how to be a good penalty killer. He's earned a role in the modern NHL, Uh-oh. and you know that uh, you know that Torts loves him, mm-hmm. and he's just a full effort guy, tough as nails, um, and like tough in making plays, not just giving punishment but receiving it, taking a hit to make a play. Um, so 
you know, he's he's a he's a real uh, blood and guts guy, and um, I think he could definitely qualify as a termite. He, he throws his weight around for sure. I don't I know what is waiting uh, to hear. What, what are what are his uh, uh, games played this year in minutes? He's played twenty eight and he's averaging nine. So he's in the lineup every night, and you know he's, he's played eighty last year. Yeah, no, no, no. And again, he's worked on that himself to mm-hmm. develop into being. Oh, that it's player a guy that and deserves a ton of credit for yes, that. And yes. I just I love to see it because I love those kinds of guys. Yep. Usually the best teammates too, you know, on and off. Locker room glue guys. Totally. So uh, I I couldn't endorse Delorier anymore. Yeah. yeah, it's great, Nick. Love it, love it. I had to get back on the train after the McAvoy one. All right, good. Well, that, that, that makes the termite of the week easier for me. Nicholas Deloria added to the list. Um, Saturday picks, boys. Saturday picks. Army is choking away a little bit of the lead as it's now a three-way tie at 5-3. and three. Because he's been leading the year so long and because he wants to go first, Army, after choking a potentially the juiciest parlay of the season last year, and, man, was there hope, especially after Ottawa was able to pull it out and then Carolina crushed it. How are you responding this week? Yeah, so I'm sorry about that in case anyone tailed. Tough one. Um, Shame. Yeah, it's pretty bad. But this week I'm looking at the games. I I've really am seeing so many trap games, it's really bothering me. So I'm just going to, you know, have to have to go with the gut here. And I hate the pick, but I'm going with it. I'm going Flames over Lightning in the Saddle Dome. It's just two times in three weeks I've picked the Flames. And it seems like a losing strategy I think you're so on a far. Three game or two game losing streak right now. But so. uh, you know, I, I'm doing it. I didn't like anything here. It, like the, the the slate is riddled with trap games in my mind. Um, so yeah, that's where I'm at. <laughs> Who's next, Jack? Edmonton beating the Florida Panthers in Edmonton. <laughs> Nine o'clock start. I like that uh, Florida's got to take a little bit of a trip up to Alberta from Florida. It's the most traveled team in the league, basically, with uh, Arizona and, and Tampa. So I like that the mileage gets to the Panthers, and uh, Edmonton keeps rolling on the hot streak. And they're already up there. So that game, I'm not going to pick that game. I wouldn't pick that game because the, the, yeah, that's like the pick em game of the week. I mean, Oilers obviously white hot, and anybody who's been paying attention to the Eastern Conference – the Panthers are the team to be oh, East. Phenomenal. They are. They are. Like, the Rangers have the points, but they've got their holes, and they're the Rangers. Boston, we've talked a million times. They're not as good as their record. Everybody knows it. Everybody knows it. The Cats are the team in the East, and uh, that's a that's going to be a really great game. I don't know what my plans are Saturday, but I wouldn't hate bailing on all of them to just sit down and drink 15 beers and watch that game at 9. Got two games at 9. Um, Three, actually. But. Rusty, actually. I took a look at the schedule. I worked Saturday, and I started working my way left on my ESPN app because I've deleted my NHL app because it sucks, <laughs> and it's useless, and Good I fucking you. hate Finally it. Finally making the move. Oh, no. I deleted it a while ago. Um, <laughs> I deleted it after the rant. I, I downloaded it for the rant to look at it. I re-downloaded it to do the rant on the pod, and then immediately after, I deleted it. I swear you were just complaining about it pre-pod. <laughs> no, I was complaining via Jack's phone. Oh. Um, <sighs> but my point is, the fact is... Fact is, who are you taking? The St. Louis Blues just fired their head coach. Yeah, I was looking at this. They will not play a game until Saturday night when, yeah, they are having some rest, getting the new coach in there, working on systems, and they're hosting the Dallas Stars at the Enterprise Rent-A-Car Center in St. Louis. I'm taking the Blues on a new head coach. Um, The Stars coming into town. Obviously, it's a very good team leading the division. Um, there's a bit of a rivalry there, right? There's some history between the clubs. I'm just going with new coach, new juju, and you know I've had my thing on the Stars all year, right? Really good team, a lot to like there. 
you know, I just I'm, I'm out on the stars. So uh, here I am. St. Louis Blues over Dallas Stars should be some juice on that. Although the handicappers do usually factor in, uh, you know, new coach change moments. I was looking at that one. I'm I'm happy you picked. I'm going with the Blues. Yeah, this is a it's good hockey games. I think throughout the whole Saturday pick slate, so it's going to be an interesting one to parlay. But uh, we'll see what happens there. Stars on a back to back too. Yeah, yeah. The only one of the the picks that have a game on uh, on Friday night actually. No Ottinger, maybe Wedgwood. But you could probably hold Ottinger. Who are they playing Friday? You probably hold Ottinger out of that and you play him in the divisional game. Yeah, they're playing Ottawa. So you probably have the backup against Ottawa. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. And then you probably play Ottinger Saturday night. But I told you, I'm a little out on Ottinger too. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. That wraps up another phenomenal episode of Slash Hot Podcast. If uh, final thoughts before we send her on home, boys. I got nothing. Patrick Kane is so cool with the puck. It's cool to enjoy him. So, one in four. <sighs> Love it. Um, that wraps up. Like I said, another great episode. If you want to go follow the boys, give Ross a follow at Rusty Pedroia on Twitter. Give Alex a follow at Armdog underscore SS. Follow the boys at Slotshot Podcast on Instagram. If you like the video content, you like what we're posting, feel free to give us a like. Hit the subscribe button. We'd appreciate it. Support the podcast. Give us your reviews. Hit us up in the mailbag at slotshoppodcast at gmail.com. We're always open. We're always here to hear about it. Rusty, on the weekend, captain 11-point performance in the beer league game, so he's riding off a high as they, uh, I think Alex and, and Ross are taking the ice for a nice little 950 just call beer me, league game. Just call me Johnny Appleseed. Yeah, a little Eric Carlson-like. What did uh, Marchese call you? Something good, but uh, we're thinking about you, Kevo. But appreciate you guys tuning in. Hope you guys have a fantastic week. We're racing to the holidays. We'll catch you guys next week. Jonas Brothers to lead off the stadium series, the big announcement from the NHL on Good Morning America today. Massive. Massive. Uh, but, no, I mean, it's fun. They're doing two games at the MetLife. So we're, we'll get into it when that crosses. Uh, I think that's actually the Saturday. Uh, is it? No. No, it's not. It's next week. Uh Perfect. Well, have a great week. We'll catch you guys soon, and uh, good hockey watching. <laughs>